93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. All right, today is Wednesday, August 21st. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, the body of a juvenile boy was recovered from a pool at the Falcroft Swim Club early Wednesday. Emergency crews were called to the pool in the 1900 block of Warwick Avenue for reports of a drowning at about 12.50 a.m. Police said that four, uh, four kids entered the club through a fence after hours. According to investigators, the kids were diving off of the diving board into the deep end of the pool when one landed on top of another swimmer in the deep end causing injuries. A 911 call originally uh, was sent to Upper Darby, but police tracked the phone to Folcroft, uh, Folcroft, where the body was recovered. Police are still working to identify the victim. A book bag containing clothing was found at the scene. Uh, the three others involved in the incident are currently being questioned by police. This is so sad. Uh, police said that they are turning the investigation over to the district attorney's office. Love it. I tell you what, the, I think the closest I ever felt to that I was going to die. That you were going to die, yeah. Was in a public pool. Yeah. And somebody jumped off the board. I was in the water and they landed on me. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, it knocked the breath out of me. I mean, I oh, could yeah. not. Yeah. I was underwater. Did you have to be pulled out? I, I got up to the side and I got out, and but I could not breathe. Breathe, yeah. And I was underwater with that sensation, too. Like, I was... I, yeah. I was underwater and I was trying to breathe in, which is a bizarre sensation. No, I know because I had the of, same feeling. The, yeah. the impact that I had, and I got up out of the water and I thought I was not going to be able to take another breath. And wow, uh, it terrified me. Yeah. So what, would you say that's the closest you've come to death in your life? Uh, the feeling yeah, like yeah, I was yeah. going to die for sure, but I, I may have had another incident or two in my life. Where it's terrifying. Could have died, but yeah, that was. Um, but landing on somebody. That's why the the diving board is no joke. You can't, you know, you've got to look down there yeah. before. And obviously it was dark and they... they yeah, they and listen, every, I, I mean, everybody's done this. You know, you climb the fence when the yep. pool's closed because it's more fun that way. But, man, I would, you know, heard this story. I'm like, oh, God, like, that's why you can't. You sound, yes. you know, like a an old grandma you saying can't that. You can do but that. really, you can't. I but mean, the, this poor kid. The, the, the bitch of it is that, they're, you know, these are, these are classically... Summer things, you know, ch- yeah, jumping the fence of the course. pool and fun stuff, and you're doing all that stuff, and it ends in, in this. Ugh, it's horrific. So uh, sad. I like, obviously, the family. I'm, my heart goes out to them, but this, the other kid that was in, involved in this incident. Yeah, that's horrible there's three too. others. Yeah, or, uh, well, it's going to scar him for the rest of their lives. But the yeah. one that landed on him. Yep. I assume it was the you know the kid that that passed away was the one who got who was already in the pool. But either way, man, that, yeah, that's terrible. Man. Yep. Philadelphia Police Commissioner Richard Ross abruptly resigned Tuesday amid allegations that members of his department engaged in sexual harassment and racial and gender discrimination against two women serving in the ranks. Today, Commissioner Ross uh, tendered his resignation. I am disappointed because he has been a terrific asset to the police department and the city as a whole, said the mayor in a statement. Kenny went on to say new allegations of sexual harassment as well as gender and racial discrimination among the rank and file have recently been brought to my attention. While those allegations do not accuse Commissioner Ross of harassment, I do ultimately believe his resignation is in the best interest of the department. Ross was named in a federal civil lawsuit filed on Friday and amended on Monday. The lawsuit filed on behalf of two female police officers, Corporal Audra McCowan and Patrol Officer Jennifer Allen, claims Ross failed to act when handling case, uh, cases of sexual harassment. Ross allegedly knew about the alleged harassment and failed to respond adequately. The lawsuit alleges that McCowan and Ross sometime in mid-February uh, had about, I'm sorry, uh, 
told Ross in mid-February that she was being sexually harassed by another officer. Court documents also revealed that Ross allegedly had an affair with this woman. Last summer, the city implemented a new sexual harassment prevention policy and changes designed to prevent discrimination and harassment, Kenny said in his statement. Now, Deputy Commissioner Christine Coulter will lead the department as acting commissioner in the wake of Ross's resignation. Deputy Coulter is an experienced police commander with nearly 30 years of law enforcement service. Uh, During her position as uh, deputy, she was responsible for professional support services to enable officers in the field uh, to have the training, equipment, and support personnel that is needed. She has served or commanded in patrol, narcotics intelligence, investigations, and special patrol. She holds a master's of science degree in public safety management from St. Joe's, a bachelor of arts in organizational management from Eastern University, an associate degree in criminal justice from the Community College of Philadelphia. She's also a graduate of Northwestern University School of Police Staff and Command. So she uh, will be the acting commissioner uh, in the wake of Richard Ross's resignation. Okay, let's do sports this morning. The Phillies beat the Red Sox 3-2 last night in Boston. Yeah. Shortstop Gene Segura made a quick flip to throw out Xander Bogarts in, uh, for the first out in the ninth inning when he attempted to go from second to third on a ground ball. Then Segura caught a line drive and threw it to first to double off pinch runner Chris Owings and end the game. Segura added a two-run double in the first inning, and Aaron Nola pitched seven innings of four-hit ball to help the Phillies end a two-game losing streak. Nola won for the sixth time in his, seven, his last seven decisions. The shorts uh, series at Fenway wraps up tonight. Drew Smiley gets to start. Game time is at 7-10. World champion soccer star Carly Lloyd, a diehard Eagles fan, visited training camp yesterday and kicked several 40-yard field goals flawlessly with room to spare and then attempted to make a 55-yarder. Lloyd, who is from Delray, New Jersey, scored three goals in, 2000, in the 2019 World Cup and has 113 in her career, seventh all-time in women's soccer history. She's a two-time FIFA player of the year and a two-time World Cup champion. And finally, the Eagles have their last preseason game at home tomorrow night against the Baltimore Ravens. Kickoff at the link is set for 7.30. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. Welcome to Wednesday, friends. Uh, we are ready to go with some guests and some stuff to give away. Do we have a secret text? We today? do. All right, cool. We have a pair of tickets as MMR Rocks Incubus. It's show number two at the Met on Monday, October 7th. And you can text the word secret to 39333 and we'll send a word back to you later on. We'll ask you to call in. With the word designated call and wins tickets, we'll grab a random texter as well and give away tickets that way, too. It's Wednesday, so we go live on Fox Good Day. We'll do that as we get close to 8 a.m. In our studio today, a gentleman by the name of Chris Barron. He is the lead singer of The Spin Doctors, and they're going to be playing at the Sellersville Theater on September 22nd. Chris is from the area. He grew up in Princeton. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but nice guy. I've met him before. And uh, interest, a couple of interesting, there's an interesting story about Little Miss Can't Be Wrong that I never knew that Marissa sent over yeah. Uh, a little while back, and I'm very interested to hear more about that. And He's got a couple of wild things in his life. I'm yeah. glad to see him up and running and back with the band, because yeah. I, 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 I I never met him, but he always seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, so he's stopping in today around 9 o'clock to promote that show. We're also going to have Jenny Garth on. Jenny! Yeah, from uh, Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah. And uh, we will talk to her a little bit after 10 o'clock or so and uh, see where her head is concerning that reboot of the bizarre version yeah. of the show. Or I was doing a little reading on it, and we're not alone. 
phone, and a lot of people are wondering exactly what it's supposed to be. <laughs> What's going so, on? And well, uh, what the deal is, and we can talk to her about that. Yeah. All right, so these things and more are going to be taking place, and I'm sure we got some other things to give away through the course of your morning, so stay close with us. We'll come back in a second with those entertainment stories and the stupid question, and we'll be right back, so hang right there. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, so stupid question is what we're going to get to now. We're going to give away a pair of tickets as MMR Rock. Zach Brown Band, Saturday, September 7th, bb and Pavilion. Uh, and the question that I have for you is, which U.S. aircraft carrier is the first nuclear-powered carrier and was used in the movies Top Gun and Hunt for Red October? Mm, 215-263-WMMR. Call now if you know the answer. So which U.S. Ca- aircraft carrier was the first nuclear-powered carrier? And was used in the movies Top Gun and Hunt for Red October. Call now. Let's see if you can get it right. I'm going to go through some birthdays today. Being Wednesday, August 21st. I'll lead with this one. Uh, actor, comedian, Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. Celebrates his birthday today. He is, how old is he, 29, I think? Yeah, 29. Is he really? He's, he was born in 1990. Oh, so, wow, man. Yeah. He's young. Uh, yeah, he's talented, too. He I, really is. I love his stand-up He's a funny specials. guy. Very funny. It's very unique, yes. what he does. Uh, it's, it's his own style of comedy, definitely. And he wrote a movie that did pretty well. I think it was called Eighth Grade. Did he? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Did I watch that? He may have directed it. Did I watch you watch that? Um, yeah, written and directed by Bo. Yeah, oh. and it got really good reviews. I've not seen it, though. Uh, but Bo Burnham celebrates birthday today. Serge Tankian, System of a Down. <laughs> Serge is uh, 52 years old. We saw them perform at the uh, Y100 Festo- uh, Festival. Festival, yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, they closed the show. They and just they were blew the roof off the place. Over the top high yeah. energy. So, 52nd birthday for him today. Uh, it's also Hayden Panettiere's birthday today. What's her story now? She had um, postpartum depression. She was going through yeah. some mental issues. Um, and she was on that show Nashville, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, not really sure. Now, she turns 30 today, so I don't know if that'll help her out or, or, or hurt. Or hurt her. I don't, I'm not you know, really sure. Remember when Heroes first came on? Yeah. yeah. We were like, oh, this is so, this is what we've been waiting for. It's like unbreakable and yeah. an extension of that. And, yeah. and then it just went south quickly. Save yeah. the cheerleader, save the world. Yeah. I think she's getting divorced from Klitschko as well. Is yes. she? Yes. Really? She's totally with somebody else. Oh, is she? Uh, yeah. Okay. Totes my goats. It was so funny to see her next to Klitschko because <gasps> yeah. she's probably just five feet tall. Oh, yeah. And Klitschko is what? Six, six ten or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. He's yeah. huge. How did that? Have, how did that even happen? But if you remember, also uh, the first time we probably saw her was in Remember the Titans. Yeah, she plays the daughter of uh, the coach uh, in that movie. Uh, she is thirty years old today. Carrie Ann Moss. I actually have some Matrix news coming up in a little while. She was Trinity in that uh, trilogy. She was great. In that first sequence in the first Matrix movie when they go up to the room and she runs along the walls. What was What's that? happening? What was that? It was just great. I'd never seen anything like no. that with wire work and the, and yeah. the camera angles and everything. It, it was a trip. And uh, she was 
really sexy in that role with uh, the outfits and everything. She's yeah. 52 today. Kim Cattrall, Sex in the City. Howls like a dog during sex. We know that. Yeah, yeah, that's that Porky's told Porky's. us that. Oh, Porky's. I was yeah. thinking meatballs. Okay. No, she wasn't in meatballs. Pork no, ball. I know, You're but... thinking of pork balls. Pork balls. Uh, but Meatballs and Porky's were the same. It was in, they it was were different a, movies. But I'm, I'm just like there was. It was a summer camp involved, right? I've no, never uh, seen uh, all no, the way. No, Porky's was this all. was this was this club that where where they yep. were they were all trying to get to this club that had naked women and it all. It was this a high stuff. school movie right. in Florida. They were they weren't at a camp. It was just there. they 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 were trying to get to Porky's. Which that was is it. Where, it was essentially, it was a brothel. It was like a, it was, oh. like, it was like a redneck brothel. Exactly. Yeah. It's like okay. like in the Bayou or something, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so she, Kim Cattrall, is 63 today. Peter Weir, the director who's given us a lot of great movies, a couple of them filmed in our area, Witness and Dead Poets Society. Uh, The Truman Show, Master and Commander of the Far Side of the World. I just watched it about two weeks ago. Again, the whole thing from beginning to end. It's a brilliant movie. I wish they had continued with, the the plan was to make that an ongoing series. But if you've never seen Master and Commander... First of all, I encourage you to watch it with a good surround sound system. Oh, my God. The sound is awesome. Uh, sensational. But Russell Crowe, as the captain, it yeah. has such a heart and is such a hero. It's just great. Lucky Jack. Yeah. Uh, Peter Weir is 75 today. Uh, Sergey Brin, Google co-founder. Probably doing pretty good for He's himself. doing okay. Yeah, he, he, had, he gave up his night job, Preston. He's 46. Uh, it's Amy Fisher's birthday oh. today. Amy Fisher. <laughs> Long Island Lolita. And she just does straight porn. Pornography now. She and did? it's not that exciting. And no. she's not no. she's never that attractive. She was always a, a kind of a little twerp. I remember kind when that trashy. story started to and very trashy. Yeah, when that story first started to break, we were living one town over from where all that was happening in Bahaba. Boy, the country was fascinated by that story. I right. at the time. I love this. I, this is one of my favorite scandals of all time. Generated three made-for-TV movies. Of course, the best, best one slash worst being the one, Casualties <laughs> of Love, Alyssa Milano, which currently resides on my setup at home. I watch it every other night. That my, is the best one. This is oh, terrible. It, but my friends and I used to, you know, because you remember Mary Jo was shot in the face. Yeah. yeah, and like half her face didn't work. But we always used to go, "I love my Joey." <laughs> yeah, like half your face, and that was on. it. And my yeah. Joey loves me. Well, my favorite. Really? Like, and she, she, the chick just shot just you. Just shot you face. in the face. The gal who was having an affair. And he was a piece of trash. He too. was. Joey, yeah. but Steve, a few my, go. my family would also see them like around town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. He, but the, 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 uh, the car repair place, if you've never seen Casualties of Love, it's available on Amazon Prime. Uh, <laughs> you will love it. Uh, Amy Fisher's 45 today. Clarence Williams III of the Mod Squad. Link and yeah, he was the dad in Purple Rain. Bit of a messed up character in that movie. Very abusive. What, what happened to the end of it? Does he uh, give away the ending, Preston? I'll is, give away is, the ending. Does he die or he, no? He, he doesn't. He, he, he shoots nuts though. He right? shoots himself in the head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it doesn't kill him. He ends right. up in the hospital, and I don't know if he ends up coming out of that coma or whatever he was in or not. But yeah. Uh, he is 80 years old today. This is a great song. I was singing at the top of my lungs the other day listening to it in my car. <laughs> Were you singing this version or the Nicolas Cage version? I think that I can do this karaoke. I think it's in you my head. So? Except for when he goes, Oh, baby, I know! I know! That part I would leave out. But otherwise, maybe well, play to your sometime strengths. soon we'll do that for We might have to get yeah. you to do that. Uh, so... He, Clarence Williams III, is 80 years old today. Alicia Witt, the actress, uh, the um, gorgeous red hair, gorgeous long red hair, and she's a really talented pianist as well. I had no like idea. A like concert pianist. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and uh, she is now she stars in Hallmark movies. I love yes, and I love them too. Man, a perfect night for me would be Casualties of Love and then Hallmark <laughs> Christmas movies. You know who she is in uh, in Dune. She's the the little bitty girl. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. She, she was like five years old, and apparently she was a genius and could recite most of uh, some of the works of uh, of William Shakespeare. And and um, yeah, it was a uh, uh, I love that movie. Her acting career, believe it, it or not, I do too. It's uneven, but yeah. I love it. She's forty four. Brody Jenner Brody! has his birthday. Yeah, today. man. Yeah. Uh, the Hills and Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Just broke up with uh, Caitlyn, who is yeah. now uh, having basically sex with Miley Cyrus. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing's going on. Uh, so she is 30, or he is 36 years they old They are 36. Well, somebody else is 36, I believe, today. Oh, my God, it's ah! Marissa's oh, birthday! Yeah! Marissa Magnata. <laughs> Celebrates her birthday today. Happy birthday. Thanks, Preston. I heard uh, Casey singing to you this morning very tenderly, almost like his mom waking him up when he was a kid. Yep. You sang it very, very tenderly, Casey. Was it that song from uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin? Uh, no. No. But it was like that. Was it? Happy birthday. Kathy and I were sitting there looking at each other going, Does he set an alarm to remember the second he wakes up every day? Somebody's birthday. For someone's birthday. I listen. My mom is way better. She has her little calendar. Like everybody she gets knows. car. I'm, I'm telling you, like fourth cousins, mm-hmm. like you know, <laughs> five year old, you know, sons. Like they they all get cards from her, and you know, so for me, I sort of carry that towards a little bit. Not as thoughtful as like sending a card in the mail, but it's still pretty thoughtful that you remember yeah. everyone's birthday. But a birthday is a is an important day for me to tell. That person, I am glad you are alive. I'm glad that you were brought into this world. Wow, okay. Never I forgot my best way. friend's birthday one year, and her her uh, boyfriend at the time called me at, like, it was, like, 11 o'clock at night, and he was like, you didn't call her. Do you You're know how hurt she is? I was like, oh, my God. And I quick called, and she was like, oh, right, like, you just remembered at 11 o'clock <laughs> at night. Now she's going to know that we're having an affair. <laughs> <laughs> So happy birthday, Marissa. Thank you, guys. I'm excited. Uh, KG Elephant, one of my favorite live bands, is playing tonight. So we get oh. to go hang out with them. And yeah. You're doing that, um, that little uh, that special mini concert with them, right? Yeah, before oh. the show. And uh, I got some construction for you guys over here. There's a new hole <laughs> they next created, to the wall. They created a new hallway. It's amazing. We got we some, got Marissa. We got you a hole in the yep. wall. Yes, yeah. everything. I've always wanted a new hole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Listen, it's her birthday. You can have whatever she wants. You can use whatever holes you want. Absolutely. I can't believe Marissa is 36. I I think I've said it before that none of us were old until Marissa turned 36. (laughs) No. I'll tell you this, Preston. You know know the legend. We came here when we came to Amar. Bill loves when we repeat this false legend that we we demanded that they restore the Better Than Ezra song and that we we said we wanted to keep Marissa. Yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Those are the two demands that we had. I'm so glad this legend is great. Growing and I'll, I'm yeah. included in it. Uh-huh. Marissa has created so many different jobs and, and stuff for herself just through her work ethic. Um, you're the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're the best. What's I... your recent title that you received? Uh, wait, I got to look it up. Um, <laughs> uh... I think you're officially the best around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
She's basically po- program director of social media. Social media. Assistant digital program director of WMMR and digital content for us. That's too much. Underneath, yes. like on your business card, yep. it just it should just say the very best. The best Aww, very best. Hey, didn't we determine that you're, you're now Bill's boss somehow? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In a way, even Bill said so. Yeah. 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 When it comes to, to the uh, social media content. Done. Mm. It's been said on the radio. <laughs> well, a huge happy birthday to one of our all-time favorite people in the world. Marissa Magna. We love you. All right, we are going to see if we can get an answer to this question. Uh, which U.S. aircraft carrier's first nuclear-powered carrier and was used in the movies Top Gun and Hunt for Red October? Uh, let's try Amy out and see if she knows. Hey, Amy, good morning. Good morning. So, Amy, what aircraft carrier are we speaking of? The USS Enterprise. You got it, yes. <laughs> the Enterprise. Hang on just a second, Amy. I think that's in, uh, we're just off, it's in New York, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can go tour it. Uh, so we are going to give you a pair of tickets to MMR Rock Zach Brown Band on Saturday, September 7th, BB&T Pavilion. And some tickets for both of their shows, September 6th and 7th, are still available at Ticketmaster.com. Let's get into the nitty-gritty, shall we? The gritty and the nitty. We'll have them together. <laughs> uh, by the way. There needs to be another mascot named Nitty. Nitty to the Gritty. We oh, love Gritty. Him. Maybe his girlfriend. There needs to be Nitty. No. Because there's a Mrs. Gritty's... Fanatic that shows up sometimes. Mm-hmm. Gritty's grandmother who knits a lot. Oh. Nitty. Nitty. All right. Hannah Brown has opted out of the love triangle between herself, Bachelorette runner-up Tyler Cameron, and supermodel Gigi Hadid. I can't take it. She's not going to deal with that anymore. On Extra, a reporter asked her what the deal was, and she said... I uh, think he's been so uh, he's been so busy. I've been so busy. I'm focusing on what's next for me and trying to get my bearings around this new city that I'm living in. I wish oh, him shut up. <laughs> I wish him well, and I know that he does the same for me. Asked about how fame has changed things for her, she said, "Oh, my life has completely changed." And with that comes struggle. And, uh, tons of struggle. So much struggle. Absolutely. Now she knows how Rosa Parks felt. She said, I've had so many blessings too, but I'm a real human. No, she's not. And humans have real emotions <laughs> and lots of different emotions. Cut me, do I not bleed? And still people, <laughs> and still people enjoy my journey. Her, oh, no, everyone wow. enjoys her journey. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Her she's, journey's really good and her Ario Speedwagon is not too shabby better. either. Yeah. She said, "I enjoyed I enjoyed my journey." No one likes my Bachman Turner Overdrive because I was real and true and was honest. Who and, spends this much time talking about themselves this way? And I just want to continue to be that. She says, "Were <laughs> you talking to me this whole time?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tropic Thunder. Yeah, going up. Uh, so uh, eventually, BHS was adopted. Well, were you talking to me all this time? Uh-huh. So there she is, just in a park. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking, to, <laughs> talking to pigeons. So she is, uh, you know, she's she's happy, but it's a struggle. And it's a it's journey. It's no struggle. It's a journey. And, uh, yeah, so. She's uh, young. She's hot. She's got a little bit of fame. Yeah. There's no struggle. Yep. She's doing okay. If you're a dummy who thought you'd actually end up with a real substantive relationship by appearing on The Bachelorette, yep. you're out of your mind. And she's got 2.3 million followers on Instagram, so she'll uh, she'll be able to 
parlay that into an influencer. Gary Lauer has four. An influencer <laughs> career. Four million? Four million, yeah. Oh, Damn, he's dude. a social influencer. Wow. I, he should be. A lot of people ask me, what kind of jam are you? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> when it comes to eating, you can't beat this. Dr. Toothy Smile Grip. <laughs> he's, he's doing polygrip. Yeah, sure, yeah. Oh, my God. I know it's time to be an influencer, right? You said, uh, yeah, we yeah. have to, we got to talk about yeah, that at some point. Things have changed in the uh, Lauer status. Yeah, some information. It's Preston, on Facebook, it says it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, 15-year-old Millie Bobby Brown is launching her own line of products with a decidedly Gen Z-friendly twist. Uh, the product will be cruelty-free and vegan as well. And they're, but it's odd because they're cruelty-free bear traps. Uh, are they really? You know the latest uh, uh, season of Stranger Things. She is really blossoming into a, a beautiful young lady. She's uh, she's got a lot of uh, talent as well. I like that they they took her. Um, a, a good hero like that has to be vulnerable in some mm-hmm. way, and she, and she can't do it all. I mean, right. so she, she can be taken down. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but so that makes you appreciate the powers more. I I love that third season. Yeah. Uh, named Florence by Mills, it will offer makeup and skincare. She wrote on Instagram, so here it is, Florence by Mills, literally the love of my life. I can't begin to explain the love I have for this and how hard, but crazy excited it was to create. Literally. Uh, she said two years of creating a beauty and skincare brand. Jeez, that's a long time to keep a secret, but now I can finally share the news with you all. Jesus Christ, that's a long time. <laughs> no, she said jeez. <laughs> Thanks for all the love and support you guys give me every single day. Oh, and also follow Florence by Mills, I-L-Y. I um, think um, that's yeah, a she... weird statement to make on behalf of your brand new company. <laughs> yeah, Mother, she... I hate this. Christ on a cracker. Christ this stuff on a cracker. Good. I like Christ on a bicycle. Christ on a bicycle. Christ on a bicycle. Yeah, I just heard long... that over the weekend. Chuck said it. She is a lovely young lady, and yeah. she's a very talented yeah. actress. But these kind of product lines, look at what uh, freaking Kylie Jenner, who surgically had her lips altered and then sold these lip kits uh, to the tune of near a billion dollars. Yeah, Kylie Jenner is beautiful, but none of what she is beautiful with is natural. Yeah, none of yeah. it. Born in a lab. No, her she, nose, she does look her good, lips, yeah. like everything. Do you know what happens though? You'll see the occasional rare picture where there's not everything is not made up, and you can see what it would regress to were it not enhanced through science. By the way, I, I had a revelation about uh, about the big, f- thick, juicy lips thing. Yes. I, I was watching um, A Fish Called Wanda the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is stunning in that movie. She's right. gorgeous. She's the sex pot. She's very thin lips. Yeah. Thin lips can be sexy, too. It's funny, though. My wife was talking about how, you know, the, the, it used to be the, 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 the plucking of the eyebrows and you didn't want them big or thick or you yeah, didn't yeah. want right? Right? <laughs> I saw, like, a meme that said, thank God people, uh, the uh, bigger eyebrows came back. And now yeah. they're, now they're now that's the absolute opposite Oh, they're going that. to thin again? No, no, no. no, 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 no. They're, no. they're still they're big, big and bushy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like... Um, Beaver. Uh, oh, who's the girl? Kara... Not Cara Delevingne, the other... Um, Cara Delevingne has, She's one yeah, of them yeah, as yeah. well. Lily Collins. Lily Collins is yeah. who I was thinking of. Exactly. Thank you, Nick. But anyhow, uh, so Millie Bobby Brown spoke to Women's Wear Daily about the inspirations, explaining that uh, there wasn't anything that worked for her uh, where she was in life. She said, I guess I could never find anything that I like to put on my face, and it felt good. Uh, I'd take oh, off... shut up, woman. <laughs> I'd take off my makeup, and boom, another pimple would appear. How old is she? Uh, she's 15. It's wild. Uh, there... Boom, there it is. 
There are multiple different products I put on that weren't good for me. Some of those were anti-aging, and I was 10 years old. Anti-aging at 10? Yeah, so she said that was dumb. Yeah. Uh, while many much older fans admitted that they were psyched to scoop up the line, others reacted with horror and said that a 15-year-old shouldn't be creating her own makeup line no matter who she is. What the hell is this? What's this country come to? All right, Um. this is... This sucks. What yeah. happened? Uh, Marvel Studios yeah. will reportedly no longer produce Spider-Man movies after Disney and Sony Pictures failed to agree. Wait, so they did, that is the case? To a co-financing deal for the future of the lucrative superhero film franchise. Now, I that doesn't mean, still... it doesn't mean there's never going to be another Superman or another, another Spider-Man movie. The two studios reportedly disagreed on terms. Disney wanted a 50-50 co-financing agreement, while Sony reportedly proposed to maintain the current terms, which allows Marvel to have 5% of first-dollar grosses. Both sides rejected the deal. So what does this mean for the future of Spider-Man? Per deadline, the short answer is that future Spider-Man films will be made without the involvement of Marvel maestro Kevin Feige, who oversaw the successful launch of the character's Tom Holland era. The dispute has been ongoing for the last few months. There are reportedly two more Spider-Man movies in the works by director John Watts and Holland. Uh, and Amy Pascal is also reportedly still in place to produce them for Sony. Thanks to the success of the first two Holland-era films, Sony may be in good shape to keep churning out blockbusters without the help of Faiz. So they could still do it, but he might not be the I home. think he's a critical element. So I was seeing this go back and forth, pressing like the proverbial ping-pong ball in, in this situation. And they're saying it's on again, it's off again, it's on again. My guess is they'll work out the numbers because... The um the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies didn't do that well. No, they, they, I mean, they were okay, but they're nowhere near as good as the Marvel stuff. They've got the gift, yeah. and you need a Kevin Feige to oversee it. I mean, this is this is, is going to be interesting how it plays out. But like, I think that Sony may have Marvel and Kevin Feige over a barrel right now um, because this character is super important to Phase Four, right? So yeah. it's true. It's true. However, you know, no, let's let's not forget that um, you know the first two Spider-Man movies, which with uh, Tobey Maguire, are solid, yeah. and and the the, yeah. the second one is has one of the greatest fight scenes of all time with Doc Ock. Right. It's just right now we're into this, and you're right. Well, it, perhaps you're right, Case. Perhaps Sony has a stronger hand in this, and we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. So that is ongoing. Uh, troubled Melrose Place alum Heather Locklear is focusing on the positive. Four days after she pleaded no contest to eight misdemeanor offenses of battery and resisting officers, according to multiple reports, judge found her guilty and ordered her into a residential treatment program in lieu of jail. On Tuesday, she posted a shot on Instagram that featured flowers, a picture of a dog, a painted drawing with the word mom on it, and an inspirational message that read, you're still sober, keep that S up. And then she captioned it, so grateful. So... She is set to enter the treatment program by September 6th. We'll stay for 30 days. Uh, the case stemmed from two domestic incidents last year. In early November, she was placed on a 5150 psychiatric hold. And in May of 2019, she went back into rehab. So. It's such a pernicious thing. You know, watching, uh, remember years ago with the, the Jeff Conaway slip? Oh, my God. And he died from it. Just couldn't couldn't pull out of it. He overdosed. Yeah. yeah. yeah so hopefully she can get the help she needs. So we are returning to The Matrix, according to reports, with Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss starring with Lana Wachowski set to direct and write. 
Uh, the original film, The Matrix, was released just over 20 years ago, March 31st, 1999. And we were talking about uh, when you mentioned Carrie Moss's birthday. Mm-hmm. Going into that movie, the first time you'd ever seen that, you're following the story along, and then those first few seconds when she runs around the walls and they have that multiple camera thing and that Matrix imagery that they created. Yeah. Holy hell! Yeah, it was groundbreaking. Yeah. No question. We hadn't seen anything like that. The sequence, too, that always comes to mind, Preston, is when he's got the helicopter on the rope off the side of the building. It's And the down. ripple through the glass of the yeah. building. It's just tremendous. So, the, let's see, Toby Emmerich, uh, the Warner Brothers Picture Group chairman, said Tuesday, we could not be more excited to be re-entering the Matrix with Lana. Uh, and Lena is a true visionary, singular, and original creative filmmaker, and we are thrilled that she is writing, directing, and producing this new chapter in the Matrix universe. I have to say, though, uh, the first one, incredible. The second one, okay. And then the third one, less so. It was the Law of Diminishing Returns. I posted this yesterday when IGN put this up. It just, it, I, I lost interest, and I haven't. Yeah, me too. Uh, the second one, I, I knew something was amiss with that um, uh, subterranean uh, rave mixer sequence with that extended dance thing. It was just, what the hell's going on here? And then it, it well, just got worse. I just, like- the, the more you dive into movie series, the more complicated things become, and I think it dilutes it. it. It's hard. I'll tell you this. I was hoping, in the original tone of the first movie, I perceived it more as a ragtag collection of people rather than this entire subterranean civilization. And I thought these were the guys, these are the last. These are maybe a handful more of these rogues are going to try to reverse the thing. I didn't realize, you know, this is a, they got a whole party going on there. Zion. And also, like, the, the, there was a lot of mind bending going on in that first one. Yes, the, the, the plot twist Which and, was and, lost in the other two. Exactly. Yeah. Are, are we in the Matrix? Are we all a part of the Matrix? It really was a great plot and and really well written. And then the next ones just sort of became sequels for the sake of having sequels. In number two, the sequence that blows my mind is the is the the chase on the highway, which they built right. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah, like yeah. They literally created that highway in order to film that scene. So I think if they're smart, they'll they'll pare it back. And, and that'd be go, great. Uh, let's strip it down a little bit, and but but I don't know where to go uh, in the story. I don't know if this would be prequel. Or Maybe make after. it sort of like on Golden Pond. Okay, <laughs> so they <laughs> really. That's a change. I said, eat the blue pill, you dumb bitch. That's a. <laughs> that is a. That's Norman, a which pill? The red or the blue? <laughs> that's a huge departure. <laughs> he doesn't even. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. <laughs> that's you would think. <laughs> He's going to play like a morphine when you dumb bitch. Jesus. Agent Smith will find us. <laughs> Just enjoy the loons and do your goddamn knitting. <laughs> On Golden Matrix. <laughs> oh my god. I never even thought about I never even thought about it that way. Mind bender. Yeah. That is. Are those, yeah. are those loons really there? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, so anyhow, it yeah. remains to be seen, but it might be, yeah, Matrix 4 on Golden so, Pond. So she picks up like a pan in the kitchen and throws it at him, and he leans back, pressing it. <laughs> <laughs> it flies You right didn't know I himself. could do that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> what was that supposed to be? It was nothing. <laughs> it was the battleship he has. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway. He uh, can. He's in the Matrix. Yes. Whatever he wants. Comes out of the pond. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, you had that in there all the time. <laughs> That's how I'm going to catch that fish. Yeah, Walter. Walter. The fish, yeah. 
All right. Slam a torpedo up his ass. <laughs> Uh, so moving on to another series, uh, the title and release date of the uh, forthcoming James Bond film has, uh, all that's been revealed. Very uh, excited. It's going to be called No Time to Die and will arrive on April 8th of next year. It was originally going to be called Live Another Die of the Day of Before. <laughs> <laughs> on Golden Pond. On Golden Pond. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Daniel Craig is reprising his role as James Bond again. Now, this will probably be his last one, I'm assuming. He's flirted with that idea a few times. Money is the great uh, is. leveler here, and he has become a wealthy man from this series. He, in my reckoning, is the uh, right behind Connery as a uh, tremendous Bond. My favorite movie of his, though, of the whole clause is still Casino Royale. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the franchise's social media channels also shared an image of the film, so that's happening next year. Liam Hemsworth is sticking with his family and the, the beach post-split from Miley Cyrus. Uh, he was spotted with older brother Chris Hemsworth and a bunch of uh, friends boogie boarding. Boogie board in Australia. If you let the snot dry up, you can slide on it. Uh, where Chris lives with his uh, wife Elsa Pat- uh, Pataki and their three kids, daughter India and five-year-old twin boys Sasha and Tristan. Has um, Chris Hemsworth's palatial Xanadu-like... Home that he was working on. You remember this? The, the, the architectural plans for this thing. No, I don't remember that. Oh, it's just it's enormous. Really? And uh, I don't know if it's reached completion. You remember that, Nick? They had yeah. to put the pictures up. It was they'd started work on it. Yeah. He. I mean. I mean. At this point, he can do whatever he, he wants can, anyway. He yeah. is Thor. Yeah. He'd have to have a throne if you're going to build a big ass <laughs> right, house. Sure. Why not? You'd have to have a throne. Would your wife time. allow you to have a throne at home? Do you think? I was bringing that much money home. Yeah. yeah. Have your throne. If we all look like Chris Hemsworth, too, not probably. Too. Yeah. Uh, Leah Thompson. Boy, I haven't heard anything about her in a long time. She's 58 years old. Of course, uh, Back to the Future. A lot of great movies. Love her. Uh, is looking back on how her career changed since becoming a mom. She's uh, married. I didn't know this. To Pretty in Pink director Howard uh, Deutsch. I didn't really? know that. Uh, is mom to actress Zoe Deutsch and filmmaker Madeline Deutsch. Oh, okay. Zoe Deutsch. Uh, okay. So she's she's the Paul one in... Dano's girlfriend? Okay. She was the one in... Um... She's been in a couple movies and she she's 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 gorgeous. She looks a lot like a mom. Really? We, yeah. We have we had we had her in studio. No, right? we're no. Did we? Yeah. God, poor pathetic. Hmm. Um, I know we had David Faustino in the studio. Um, <laughs> Nick just pulled up her Wikipedia. Um, she was in the the movie with uh, James Franco. The uh, the why him? Oh, was she really? She's she's the, the love interest. No kid. Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, she's daughter of Leah Thompson. Wait, was she in for Everybody Wants Some Case? That uh, the Linklater movie about the guys on the baseball pl- uh, team? Um, I don't maybe. remember what you're talking about. Yeah. She's also in the uh, Zac Efron movie with uh, um, De Niro. We're... Oh, Bad Grandpa? Bad Grandpa, yeah. Okay. Uh, she tells, uh, this is Leah speaking, she tells Justin Long on his Life is Short podcast, I did 900 movies in a row, but what happens is it all screeches to a halt when you have a baby. I want to do the research on this because once you push a baby out, you can't be a movie star anymore. But she did know that Meryl Streep is an exception to the rule. But she says that's where it kind of ended for her. Uh, But she's doing okay. She's doing all right. Uh, Let me go back to Spider-Man for a second. Sony is re-releasing Far From Home. Uh, It'll be over Labor Day weekend, which is great because I haven't seen it. 
Yeah. I still, oh. I, it's one that I didn't get out to see. You know see. what I made the I mistake, Preston? I wanted to see that in the in the, in the the 4D or the, what is it, the yeah, Super? Yeah, 40X. And I, I waited. <laughs> you I can't waited wait too long. long. I and know. You missed it too? I missed it. Okay, yeah. well, it's coming back, Steve, so this is perfect for us. If you want to see 4D movies, you have to go see it, like, right when the it first, comes first out. two weeks because they're always, like, you know, whatever the new release is, they're, they're chucking it into those theaters. Okay. And make sure you stick around uh, two great post-credit scenes. All right. Far From Home became the top-grossing Sony movie over the weekend, surging past 2012 James Bond film Skyfall with $1.09 billion versus Skyfall's $1.08 billion. What the hell is going on here? I just said, just said Skyfall twice. Anyway, uh, the re-release will start Thursday, August 29th, so that is coming up. Uh, and let's do one more story. Uh, Idris Elba, Rosario Dawson, and Thomas Middleditch are set to collab on a basketball video game, NBA 2K20, huh. which launches in September. And I'm like, why are why is Rosario Dawson and Idris Elba? Why are they? Yeah, because they are appearing in a movie uh, called When the Lights Are Brightest. Uh, the trailer is out, directed by Sheldon Candice, in which Elba plays. Um, a coach, Dawson stars as a player advisor, and Middleditch as an agent. Uh, now, Candace, a director, told Deadline, imagine if LeBron had went to college and he spoke out against the system when his close friend gets injured and the university pulls the kid's scholarship. Okay, we're watching uh, footage of this, I guess. So it's it's a, uh, a rendered movie. It's an animated movie. Huh. Oh, really? Yeah, because that's what we're looking at right no, now. No, this might... Well, you know, it might be. Or yeah. I was wondering if that's the video game portion of it. But anyhow, this year's story furthers the more-than-an-athlete uh, societal mission. It's been uh, my greatest experience working with other actors and deep-diving into the world of motion capture. So there you go, Steve. Uh, this year's cinematic narrative story is a piece of emotional pop culture with a special social activism thematic. So they are involved in that, and they're, they're playing those roles in that is, video. I'm interesting. Is LeBron involved with this as well? No, I, they're just using him as an example. Oh, okay. So that was part of the reason why he moved to L. A. or, or you know joined yeah. the Lakers because he wants to get involved in Hollywood. And um, it's and he just, is he's producing stuff. It's just a matter of time. Uh, did you so for a video games person? What, what, you're, you're playing the uh, the VR game now, right? What is the uh... um, playing a game called Red Matter? Okay. Yep. So the game that has caught my eye that looks pretty promising is the is the Blair Witch game. Ooh, yeah, which it looks is VR. Uh, I hope it is. Okay. I hope they have a VR version. Right now, I have Blair Witch game. I like it because playing um, uh, was it Resident Evil? Yeah, Resident Evil VR. Unbelievable. He yeah, said that was really freaky. Oh my god! Yeah. You know, but I love this stuff. So the Blair Witch spin looks pretty cool. Okay, there's been a game that I've been playing on VR card uh, called. Um, Mature MILFs 6. Yeah. Mature oh, MILFs 6. Yes. That's awesome. And, uh, I can really only play it like two to three minutes at a time. But yeah. you always win. Yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah. Always. Yeah. Did you do Bad Door to Buttsville yet? <laughs> Not yet. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. It shows you a special way to get in. And let me tell you about Fat Chicks 9. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that I, a good one? I haven't played it. I've okay. just seen oh, the okay, reviews. Okay, okay. All right, let's do the next. <laughs> it's let's do the, the clip. The dog fart. Yeah. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> <laughs> Bulletproof features two friends. <laughs> Kathy's not even cracking. Uh, yeah, a little. I, the last one. Okay. There's no way dog fart's going to be. Oh, yeah, I know that. <laughs> Bulletproof features two friends who come from a diverse background who grow up to be working together for the National Crime Agency of London. In this clip, Noel Clark 
or Noel Clark, uh, discusses how the show was Americanized. Here we go. We wanted to make a show that had never been done before. We wanted to make a show that had that sort of, I don't just want to say American mentality, but that commercial mentality that you're making it for an audience. You're making it for people that want action and want to be entertained when they come home. I think um, sometimes some dramas have a, a tendency of, to being so, like, it needs to be grounded, it needs to be real. That actually, it's so real that people are just like, really? Like, I just want to be entertained. I don't give a f- <laughs> uh, Bulletproof airs tonight, 8 o'clock. That's on the CW. Here's the next clip. Yellowstone follows a family that controls the largest contiguous ranch in the United States, but face constant opposition from land developers in Indian Reservation and the National Park. Here, Luke Grimes details what it's like to work alongside the legend, Kevin Costner. I've always said it's, it's someone who's been working at his level for so long to still be so uh, curious and interested and, and happy to be there and bring such a good energy to the work and, and, and to, to this project. It's, it's something to behold, and I, I'm just uh, I'm lucky to be able to, to, to be around him and, and, and watch this guy work, man. I don't <laughs> give a f- I've heard this is the best show on TV you're not watching. No really? Yeah. I know it's one I'm not watching, and yeah. I, I, everyone tells me it's great. Yeah, that's what everybody that I've uh, ever heard, that like it's, it's shot really well. It's uh, really intriguing. There's a lot of uh, dark um, storylines, uh, but I haven't seen an episode of it yet. He was promoting it, and um, we had him on for the Kevin Costner. Remember we yeah. had him on for that, that movie, I guess, uh, where the... He has the the the, the swing boat. Uh, no, no. no. Uh, he, it's oh, true story. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the uh, the uh, the long distance running coach. Exactly. The, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The uh, that was that was a real good. Chariots of fire. McFarland. <laughs> McFarland. <laughs> Not Chariots of Fire. Yeah, that was old. McFarland, yeah. Yeah, it was, was, it was good. And it was a good interview, and I was hoping we'd get him on for that, and uh, it just didn't work out. Yeah. Well, maybe we can get him sometime down there. Yeah. I'll find out. Okay. He was doing interviews before, but he didn't want to do anything live. He was nervous about going <laughs> live. We don't do recorded interviews. I'm sorry, Mrs. Mr. Dances with Wolves. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's the entertainment report. Uh, we will take a break because we've got a lot to get to today. Secret text word. We have a chance to win some tickets to MMR Rocks Incubus. That show coming up uh, Monday, October 7th. And uh, that's going to be at the Mets. Text word secret 39333. We're going to have some uh, uh, cool conversation, maybe some live music. I'm not really sure. But Chris Barron of Spin Doctors is stopping in this morning. They're going to be playing with Jeffrey Gaines, an old friend of ours. Oh, awesome. Uh, at the Sellersville Theater on September 22nd. Jenny Garth is going to be on the program and more. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Disturbed. Revivalists. Motionless and white. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. We're going to go on uh, Fox Good Day about a half hour or so. Chris Barron of the Spin Doctors is going to be in our studio uh, a little bit later on this morning. Um, wanted to point something out. So uh, when John Travolta came in here yes. last week, uh, I-, I wanted to-, to dress halfway decent because I knew we were going to get pictures with him. And I knew he would be dressed nicely. So Natalie. So, so I didn't dress, you know, wear a suit or anything right. like that. But I did wear some nicer pants. I wore white pants. Right. I wore them again today because I did something miraculous that particular day. I made it through the entire day. Yeah. <laughs> Without getting a stain on my white pants, right? These are denim, so I, you know, I didn't wash them. They're 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 clean and everything. But I, I did not get any coffee. 
It's amazing. Nothing like that. No balsamic vinegar, some stain that would never, ever come out. It didn't happen. Or, and even just like one little like splash sure. of it, coffee or dressing or and whatever. It stands out and, and you you know, and then you got to go through getting those cleaned up. So I wore them again today. I, I like white pants. I think they just add a little pop of color. Oh. And what? They make me nervous. Yeah, they make me, me too. Nervous. I, do, I, I have, I have, to, a, I have a pair of white careful. shorts that like... I will never wear out-out. Like, I'll wear them around the house, but, you know, I'll never wear them out. But here is something I want to ask you about white pants. Yes. Because my wife heard this from her cousin's husband recently, and I've never heard this belief before. Is there anything you know, Kathy, about wearing white pants, women wearing white pants, Um, signaling something? That uh, we want to have sex with you? Yes, that's what it means. No. No. But sex. White what? pants means butt sex? So I... but okay. I, the Guys want to have butt sex? Listen, no, yeah. I'd never heard this before, but looked it up and it's on Urban Dictionary what? that if a woman is wearing white pants, she is signaling that she's interested in a little backdoor I've, action. I've no. never heard of that. I've never heard Ever. that either. And huh. I was just curious if, if, if anyone could concur with this, if they've heard that, or maybe it's a... I don't know. They they live on the West Coast. Maybe it's a West Coast thing. I don't know. I think I've I, never I heard of it. I think I heard that on the Prairie Home Companion. Oh, yeah, that's where you heard it, Marissa. <laughs> I think you just found the way to popular popularize dinner on Blanc tomorrow night. Oh, yes. Yes. and that's tomorrow night. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh my God. A ton of ass stuff. So if you're into ass play, <laughs> yeah. Six thousand people somewhere in Center City tomorrow. And, Dinner and it, on cornhole, and it's funny because I, I had a feeling I might bring this up, and I didn't even. I guess subliminally, I put on my white pants. I didn't even think about. It. I didn't do this on purpose. Oh my god, are you sure? I'm really feeling. Yeah, loose you're today. feeling very blankish. Yeah, but I had uh, I'd never heard that one before. I've heard and, the old things about the uh, about a, like a handkerchief and you know a, a, yeah in the pocket all that, but, which always turns out to be pretty much nonsense. Uh, there were always there were always rumors about you know your sexuality, what your sexual preference or orientation was, if you'd wear a subtle code, some kind of things, and the the, there, it's all a bunch of crap. Yeah, the earring used to be a thing if it yeah. was in. If it was in the right ear, you were gay, right? That was from the the 1980s. I remember that. So I've got one for you. Do you know what the pineapple means? No. You want to... Go ahead. Uh, That you're a swinger. No. If you if if you're if that's you're wearing a told. pineapple hanging off your ass, that's what I've been told. Like pineapple clothing, or uh, what do we mean pineapple? Cl- with like, pineapple like I have pr- like I have yoga pants that have pineapples on them. It's just oh. the prints of pants, a pattern. Okay, uh, and I put them on, and my friend who uh, swings a bit with her husband was like, "You know what that means, right? You know, are you telling us something?" And I was like, "What are you talking well, about? Well, let me illuminate us. What are the various uh, things like this? Because I um, th- there's there's always these things." I think that sounds ridiculous, but I, of course it does. I love pineapples. Yeah, of course, but, and you love to swing. Husband. No, some other buddy's <laughs> husband, but not her. I didn't know you had a swinger friend. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was the next question. Yeah. Okay, I can't talk about it. Oh, what's your uh, name? <laughs> Just say their do, name. Do though. we know I this person? Cannot talk about it. No. Uh-uh. Right, no, right. I've been banned. That's fine. I don't I want to talk yeah. about the specifics of your friend, but I find it interesting. Because stuff like that kind of weirds you out. Like, I would be like, ew, I hate yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I actually Ooh. love her, them, their... But I uh, love pineapples. <laughs> what a conundrum. I'm, like, immediately going to get an email from Shelly. She's going to be like, who is it? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't know for a really long time. All right, so they, here, I was wait, Preston. So I was like one that they waited to tell. Okay, they, like, they didn't well, want to scare tell. you away. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. 
Uh, here's a here's a bit of information. I don't know what the source of this is. It says a pineapple is placed on a porch or mailbox by swingers to signify that a swinger party is going on. A pineapple is turned upside down when a person is in search of a swinger party. Pineapple popularity has made it uh, has made it accepts on. It's poorly written. I guess accepted on clothes. Yeah. And other items. And swingers use this symbol to identify each other in public. Well, there you go. Never heard that one before. <laughs> never, ever, ever. And I've never seen anything. I guess they don't hang around swinger yeah. circles. Yeah. <laughs> but I've never seen. So would you Would you then, so is the belief you'd put a, like a pineapple on your doorstep? Or would you, would you, you know. Uh, yeah, it's saying a pineapple is placed on a porch or a mailbox by swingers okay. to signify that there's what if you live in Hawaii? going on. But you know what? I think this. This stuff probably, you know, had its day before the Internet. Like maybe, now. Maybe. It's so much easier to mm-hmm. convey that information. By the way, have you seen that, uh, uh, the Megan Mullally, the latest one? I love it. Uh, the Slingers? Yeah, yes. yeah. And then they're having everybody over, and they have actual Swingers yeah. come over. With and they're like, when are we going to get started? Yeah. And they're like, we're, oh, we already started. They're just watching TV. Yeah. I remember the first time. <laughs> I love, she's hilarious. I love yeah, that campaign. Him. Will Offerman? Yeah. Uh, okay. So, Nick Offerman. Uh, I'm sorry, Nick Offerman. Yeah, yeah. yeah, let me go to Marianne wants to confirm the pineapple thing. Hi, Marianne. Oh. Good morning. Hey, this is Police Stop. What's that? Oh. Police Stop. Is that is she doing this? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. very good. I heard if you put a pineapple in your cart upside down, it means you're available at the supermarket. You heard what? <laughs> you put a pineapple in your cart upside down, it means you're available. You mean a shopping cart? Yeah, like in the swinger yeah. community. They actually told me that too. Well, I'm looking for a like good it. hump <laughs> and also the cream. Mary. Where did you? So we one got, I got to keep her on for a minute here. <laughs> yeah. Mary, uh, where did you hear about this? Uh, from an inspector I work with. She's a young girl, and she told me about the pineapple on the door. Yeah. And it's about the pineapple on the shopping cart. I got to hike up my skirt a little more and show them the world to you. <laughs> You have a great day. All right, Steve, thank you. Yeah. Steve, she sounds like your cougar character. Absolutely. Hey, sweetheart. I'm going to hike up my skirt a little more and show you my pineapple. <laughs> you like it by the slice? <laughs> oh, my God. All right, I hang like, on. I like her. I like that spirit. I do, too. Spirit uh, of swinging and shopping. I'll go to Eric next. Hey, Eric, how you doing, man? How you doing, sir? Good. So it says here you swing, correct? Uh, I do, yes. We All right, do. and uh, tell us about the pineapple thing, please. Uh, the pineapple thing has been around, I guess, now for about a year. It's been more popular because um, uh, it's gone, gone viral. Because there's a number of Facebook groups we have our uh, uh, we have our groups on uh, our websites. Yep. Uh, we have a few websites. I'm not going to promote them because I'm just not going to promote them. Understood. Yep. Um, yep. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, this. Total sign is that it's the upside-down pineapple, which means that you are going to be uh, looking for uh, a swinger couple. Now, you'll see a lot of people in a lifestyle that are very popular with wearing pineapple swim trunks, pineapple shirts, pineapple anything. Kathy uh, loves pineapples and wears them all the time. I have pineapple earrings. Well, so, so to, just a little side thing here to the point that this was a was, that this predates social media and the internet. He's saying he's just heard about it yeah, recently. Yeah, so this yeah. is well, something... It, it is split in popularity nationally uh, about a year-ish ago. Um, so, yes, uh, huh. it, it, it is a natural thing. 
Um, so I, on my, you know, if you see the upside down pineapples, it is the actual real sign. Okay, so uh, Eric, where would one put this upside down pineapple on your clothing or a real live actual pineapple, like in, in like the the lady was saying in the shopping cart? I honestly, honestly, the, the upside down pineapple in the shopping cart is a real thing. Um, Are you so you're going around the supermarket and you're looking just casually for some swingers? You take that pineapple. And you put it upside down in your cart, and do you think you you know that's basically like trolling for other swingers? Um, yes and no. Um, it's funny because it's it's kind of a joke between all of us. So if, if we see it and we see another couple, we're not shopping for them. We're just trying to point each other out to us. Okay. And so trying trying to identify. So we. It's like honking when you see another Mini Cooper. Yeah. yeah. Or the wave in a Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So Eric, do you just kind of is there a little wink and nod that happens? Uh, kind of. Uh, we have a, a symbol also um, for our website, which I have on the back of my phone. That was actually identified by another couple because I had this, this sticker on the back of my phone. Uh-huh. Um, there are two. Is uh, it flicking your tongue are... between your two fingers? <laughs> no, it's, okay. it's, it's actual pineapple ring. Oh, but there are two late two ladies that um I personally know that have identical matching pineapple tattoos huh. on their feet. Wow. I, 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 this is the absolute okay. first I've ever heard of this at <laughs> so, all. Eric, any any idea what the origin of the, of the pineapple, why uh, that fruit was um, chosen? Well, I mean, it, um, here, okay. I, I have a guess, and this is this is a little bit well, weird. You I, know I, that, I can tell you, but, but please, let me hear your... Uh, I think, your I, think I know where you're going. Pineapple on. is supposed to make something taste better uh, for men. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? No, no, no. Are um, you talking about semen? Yeah. <laughs> it actually originates from um, from Hawaii because the pineapple means aloha, which means hello or welcome. And so we are welcoming people into our home to do our thing. So okay. it's also it's also been used to, like as a decorative item since colonial times. So people would put pineapples on their homes just as a welcome sign. That if you have a, a pineapple on your over your mantle or whatever, I like it. I like pineapples as decoration. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. decorative. Pineapples. You know what? So I think that they look great. I like it as food. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, yeah. by I the do way, too. on pizza. Have you mm-hmm. seen like the way you're supposed to eat the pineapple? <laughs> you know, just sort of like a yeah, side track some here. action. Here. I know, I know, I know. I know. We'll come back to that in a come moment. Come back to that in a moment. <laughs> Eric, you, eat the, you eat the pineapple lots of tongue. But the other thing with the, the swingers is that they wear a black ring. That's another telltale sign on your they hands. Wear, uh, yes. Oh. Now on your you wear your left on your left hand you wear the black ring to show that you're um. That, that you are in the lifestyle, but if you're looking to hunt and and play, you wear it on your right hand. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'll tell you what, though. Yeah, I haven't have... I haven't looked at pineapples the same since I found oh. out about this. Like anytime I'm out and there's a purse with a pineapple on it, or you know, like the yoga pants I have, I it's just... kind of sullying it for me a little. I mean, I find it very very interesting, but it was so innocent. It was just yeah. a, it was a little pineapple, yeah. super duper sweet fruit. And now it's all about sin, which is cool if you're into that, man. Uh, Eric, that is this is an eye opener. I had no idea. There, we even have our own language. Oh. Is it Klingon? Duck, chuck, duck, walk, duck, walk, chuck. No, duck, chuck, duck, walk, pineapple. We can speak to each other and in vanilla terms, really? but uh, mm. and and find out we can actually identify each other through through language that nobody else could ever pick up. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Some. Uh... <laughs> well, that doesn't sound like. 
<laughs> no, but I, I I know what you're talking about because in in like drug culture and so forth, there's a, there's a language that you can use that means that will sound just like average conversation. Very vanilla, but it's but yeah, some yeah. people who who are in the know they'll they'll get the message. Can I get a quarter Correct. pound of sugar? Yeah, 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 something like that. Uh, wow, Eric, give us a uh, not to give away your language, but give 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 us a phrase if you don't mind sharing something that how, might. How do you ask um, where the library is? <laughs> uh, do you guys play? Do you guys play? Oh, okay. see, I would. I might think that was a sexual because I've heard the term playing. <laughs> play what? <laughs> Fortnite. My, my wife is freaking out right now. She's freaking out. She's she mad at you? Uh, she's not mad at me, but she's like, like jumping up and down. Like, what are you doing? Stop! Shut up! Well, <laughs> let me ask you, like, how active a swinging couple are you? Um. Uh, well, you know, it's it's. Is it she's yelling like, at him. He's got to go now. Is it, is it Santa's got to go. My wife just walked out of the truck. She just jumped out of my truck and walked away from me. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Uh, her name is Annabelle. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you guys engage? Uh, once a month, something like that, or more often? Um, it, it depends. Um, we don't like to uh, necessarily um, kiss and tell. Okay. okay. All right. So, I got well, you, you can't. Your mouth well, is full of pineapple. Yeah, it is. No, you've uh, you've shared quite a bit. We we appreciate the information, Eric. We don't want to you know interrupt your personal no, life yeah. or. Uh... No, no, fine. No, I, I called into you guys. I, you, I'm not. You're I'm not. You're not doing anything wrong. No, okay. you gave us some some useful wrong. information. I, I I could people could, yeah. unbeknownst yeah. to them, signaling that they're into swinging when they simply like pineapples. Yeah. yeah. And good luck with your wife for the rest of the day. <laughs> yes, Eric. Yeah, she just took my truck and drove away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Take care. We'll talk to you later. All right, thanks. All right, bye-bye. Wow. Uh, okay, I did not know that. Um, Casey, you want to enlighten us on how you're supposed to eat pineapple? No, 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 no. Why it's not? Just, uh, well, we just needed to get past the swinging, yeah, but I, I do want to hear that. about your Let's pineapple cleanse system. cleanse our palate. Is it, we're watching a video up here, Casey, in this studio. Yeah, this is this is, your methodology? Well, no, I haven't I haven't tried it yet. I, I've just seen it on the Internet, and it's kind of like... Uh, this uh, lovely Asian gal here is showing us how to eat a pineapple. It's kind of like how I saw the... Uh, you know, you're you're peeling your banana wrong. You know, and you, 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 I saw a video of like monkeys. Oh yeah, from ha- upside down, right? Yeah, That's well, what I do now. From the Pinch the down. bottom of the banana. Yeah. yeah. yeah In so- this video, the the woman has, you know, the little sort of segments on a pineapple. The little yeah, the pattern of it. Yeah. It's like a crisscross pattern, a natural pattern. The way the the pineapple grows. She's lifting those up out of the pineapple in pieces. Is she cutting each one of them? No, off? I think when she cut the top off. I don't know. I don't know because the the first one uh, video that I ever saw never showed anybody with a knife, and this woman in this particular video has a knife. So now I think this is all a scam. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna have to try this out on my own. I'm gonna go buy a pineapple, (laughs) put it upside down in my car, see what kind of looks I get. The pineapple thing (laughs) freaks me though. So Preston, white white pants means butt sex. Butt sex. You're interested. Pineapples. (laughs) Mean that you're a swinger. Are there other things you've ever heard of that are similar to that? By the way, hardly anybody has concurred on the white pants, white pants? thing. Oh. Uh, so it might be like a regional. No. You know. Right. No, it's more like, shh, <laughs> don't tip our hand. Uh, but that's a good question. I'm not sure. Here's a, here's a text that says, uh, my girlfriend and I are swingers. I can confirm the pineapple signal. 
Uh, so that one is definitely legitimate. Are we ruining it by getting the word out? Was this supposed to be like an underground thing? And now they're like, oh, man, now everybody I know. knows. I know. I was wondering about this. I mean, I've purchased pineapples at supermarkets, perhaps right. while I was moving the cart along. It went upside it down. It went upside down. <laughs> Here's a legit question. Let me go to John. Hey, John, good morning. Yeah, hi. I was wondering, like, you know, if you uh, buy the canned pineapple, does that mean that you only take it in the can? Yeah, yeah. That's a might. good point. It might, John. There may be some sign of some kind of signal. Only swinging with butt sex fanatics that we uh, that we are not familiar with. I, I think he raises a legitimate point. If you and, and what if you accidentally say buy a can of pineapple and you put it in your basket upside down? Are you sending some signal you're not <laughs> you intending sure to send? Oh, you know? Only if you're wearing hey, white pants. And yeah, I guess yeah. maybe the reason the pineapple upside down might signal something is because why would you ever set a pineapple upside down? Right. It's inconvenient to yes. do that. It to keep the demons it away. It doesn't fit that way. <laughs> or to bring them in. And so, so the only way that it might end up in your basket upside down is if you deliberately put it that way. So what, what was the, the earring thing is no longer... Yeah, that, that, that ended was, up being a, 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 a scam, too. Right? That was garbage, yeah. That you're, you're right... An earring in your right ear meant you were gay. But, in 19, just, but it was, uh, yeah, in the 1980s. 80, like, 84, 85, I thought that that was yeah. uh, 100% legit. You know, when you're like, oh, this, and somebody tells you this, you, you're wearing your earring in your left ear, you know, you're in your left ear, that means you're gay. Like, it becomes, uh, this urban legend becomes fact. Yeah. Was not I don't. That. I don't think it was an urban legend. I think, and you said left ear. I think you meant right ear. But yeah, I think that was like legit. You got to think about Wait, how. What was you? You believe it? The the left ear was gay. No, no, no. The right ear. Yeah, when it, when it was, was correct, when it was yeah. less when it was less accepted. Oh and yeah. People, you know, it was relaxed a little bit. It was scandalous mm-hmm. to right. be to, to to find out that someone was homosexual right. back in the day. And, and thank and God we're past that. Had but. to send the signal that way, and maybe yeah. that was sort of a safe way to impart that information well, prior to MySpace. I had, I had believed that when I was a teenager, but I had heard. Years and years and years later that it ended up not being the case. But I don't know. I could be wrong. Preston, I could be totally here, wrong. Here's one that I've never heard before, but I've heard the term hot wife. Okay. Uh, and, and if you so want to read it, yeah. Yeah, a woman who wears an anklet is a hot wife. She is available to other men, but the husband does not sleep with other women. Not quite swingers. I guess he's a cuckold. Now, I don't believe that's the case. But I I've see s- women who wear anklets all the time. Kathy, I think I've seen you wear an anklet yep. before. Yeah. You a hot well, wife? Well. Uh, see, I knew there's a side of you we don't know. <laughs> she does, she, she's not down with swinging, but she's totally cool with cuckold. <laughs> <laughs> you watch, you see this, Dennis? You yeah, watch yeah. this? You see this? This is what a real man does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to go to church. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Wow. Suck on that pineapple. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, hang on a second. Yeah, put Valerie up on hold. I want to. I want to go to this. Hi, Valerie. How you doing? I'm doing well. And yourself? Good, Valerie. You've you've heard of some kind of a, a sexual signal that can be put out there? If, in Florida, it's known that if you have a plastic flamingo on your front yard, on your front lawn, that you're a swinger. Then ninety percent of Florida are swingers. swingers. That's everybody's got then, flamingos here, out there. I'll, I'll do you one better. If you have a mailbox, <laughs> you're into bukkake. Oh my god! I mean, it's it's it's, it's ridiculous. Thank you, Valerie. Every, how many? If there's one state in the union, yeah. where it's almost <laughs> mandated that you have fake pink flamingos on your front lawn, oh my it's Florida. God. All right. 
People are saying this hot wife thing is real. Hot wife. Yeah. And I've, I, I, I was not familiar with the term hot wife, I've but seen, I've seen hot that, Carl. No, I've seen yeah. the hot wife um, uh, hashtag on social media. People will put it on Instagram or Twitter, and it's it's you literally know, hot tag hot wife. And, and uh, listen, it may just be for titillation on social media. But probably. I've, I've heard that means it's an indication, at least, that the, the, the woman is open to having an open relationship. What about hot pineapple? Uh, that means <laughs> butt stuff. <laughs> stuff only if you're wearing white. Right. It's so confusing. Uh, so, wow. I, yeah, okay. I, that's an interesting thing. So they, they, yeah. the, the wife plays around, but the husband is um, yeah, is but, a celibate. Yeah. Or not celibate, but um, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't, monogamous. Yeah, he doesn't participate. He's, yeah. he's monogamous, which would be, do we know anybody like that? We, I mean, with between our swinger friends. We like, do. Well, yeah, isn't it? No, no, no. I meant, uh, what's the, the comedian? Uh, uh Brad Williams? No, no. Mitch Fatel. Well, Mitch Fatel and Brad Williams—they both kind of swing. Right? Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, but but they they but can she... play, uh, but not alone. They they can't. She has to be there. Yes, yeah. is is part okay. of that. However, Otherwise, it would she, be cheating she if you went She can own. play only without with him there. Yeah, yeah only but with only with girls. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The By rules. the way, Brad Williams and his wife uh, are having a baby. Oh, oh that's cool. Wow. Yeah. Good for him. That's cool. All right, well, anyhow, uh, I had heard via some family members that white pants mean that you're interested in uh, backdoor action. <laughs> right. I've uh, never heard that before, and apparently a lot of people around here have not heard that before it's, as well. It's so funny that Dinner on Blanc is tomorrow night, too. I know. <laughs> it's perfect timing. Oh, if we could get that going, <laughs> take take a super pompous event I mean, Marissa's turn, it, be there. turn it into a, anal palooza. <laughs> Butt sex on Blanc. <laughs> Trying to think of something alliterative. I love it. Blanc oh in the butt. God. So, what's the what's the temperature supposed to be like tomorrow night? It's going to be hot still, ninety two and sunny. So it's going to be muggy. It's going to be kind of. It's going to be. T- so many happy. people I like participate, and so I, I'm totally fine if you, if that's your thing. To me, it, it seems a lot of work. Yeah. You know, especially just to get backdoor sex. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> look at us, we're all outside <laughs> eating, and we're wearing white. Yeah. But some people love it. Yeah. Marissa, Marissa loves it. It's her favorite thing to then do. Then But it's it's. She says it's kind of gotten. It used to be more fun when it was a little less of a well-known thing. Yeah, yeah. now 6,000 people. But um, she contributed to the Philadelphia Inquirer last week about it. Really? She, she wrote an editorial. You yes. wrote it. You wrote an editorial about it? I did. Our friend Erica Palin um, does a pro and con every week, and the pro and con this week was Dinner on Blanc. Okay. That's why I obviously wrote the pro. How? When did that appear? Uh, last Thursday. And you didn't put it up on our social media or anything? Yeah. Uh, did you fear we would? We need to put that, that up there. Yeah, I'm a little humble about that stuff. I'll, okay. I'll we celebrate right now. Okay, yeah, okay. share that. Yeah, I think it's only right. All right, anyhow, and it's Marissa's birthday too. So Yay! Birthday to All right, um, thank you for the information, and especially uh, our, our swinger connection. That was pineapples. Had no idea. No. Apparently, it's a universal signal. And Never heard and, it, and it's fairly new. And wow. I told you guys about it, and we heard <laughs> it. What is from Romano? What? What's happening here? Of all people, it's bizarre. Raging tramp. <laughs> no, I mean the fact that you're wearing that you like to design. You're out and about, and you little little unbeknownst to you, are you sending these signals? Yeah. All right, well, listen, we got to take a break because we got to go live on Fox Good Day when we return. And uh, we'll also have our friend uh, Chris Barron stopping by from uh, Spin Doctors and more this morning. Stay with us. We'll be right back. With so much rock coming to BB&T Pavilion in August, we're calling it MMR's first rock residency. Featuring nine killer rock concerts in August. Listen for free tickets and great grand prizes. 
This week it's tickets to Skinner's Last Stand. Slipknot and Volbeater at the Knotfest Roadshow. Plus your shot at the Santana Grand Prize VIP package, including limited edition lithograph, merch, and more. Check WMMR.com for a complete list of concerts and grand prizes with some of your favorite bands. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Rock with us this August at BB&T Pavilion. It's our rock residency. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. We have a new Daily Rush video. It is called the Sexy Dog Food Commercial. I forgot about this. The, the, one of the Bachelorette good? finalists wrote the, uh, the jingle, you remember, for the dog food commercial? Oh, right, right, right. I don't remember exactly what we did, but I remember it was very funny. Uh, watching now, PrestonandSteve.com, sponsored by Punchline Philly Comedy Club Restaurant and Bar. So that is now available at PrestonandSteve.com. So I need to... Uh, I need to go watch that one. A lot of get a lot of good feedback uh, on the uh, the Daily Rush videos. A lot of people reuse them religiously, yeah. and bits that they miss on the show they they get to see and they love them. Yep, uh, we have a secret text word. Your chance to win tickets is MMR Rocks Incubus uh, show number two at the Met on Monday, October seventh. Text word secret to three nine three three three, and we'll bounce a word back to you, and we'll see if you can. Call him with that word uh, a little bit later on. Also, grab a random texture. And by the way, it's celebrating 20 years of Make Yourself and Beyond. Some tickets remain at Ticketmaster.com. So get to that. The first show is sold out. The second show we do have tickets for. Music means we're going live on Fox. Good day. So let's do that. Preston and Steve. <laughs> hey. Welcome. Hey. Good to have you here on Good Day Philadelphia. Always good to be here. Uh, I'm not hearing you so well. So let's pump up the volume if you can. Pump up the jam. Yeah. Pump up, up the, the jam. Oh. Oh. So we have a survey that says many more. I mean, hordes of men are going to spas for facials and many petties and stuff like that. <laughs> Steve, let's start with you. Are you a spa guy? Uh, I only go for my Brazilian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my thing. Uh, no, you know, my Thank wife you. had to convince me to go do like, uh, you know, massages and stuff like that. And uh, but But as far as... I had a manicure, Preston and I had one years ago for a TV show that we were on, and it felt like we were being tortured. Yeah. And so I haven't been back, but I understand a lot of guys are doing it now. Yeah. I, I, I don't I don't care for the, the, the mani-pedi thing. No. Massage, yes. All about it. No yes. question. I try to at least go once a month. I'd like to go more often Ooh, Once a that. month? That's quite often. Yeah, I, it's it's definitely worth it. Uh, hand and stone massage and facial spa. <laughs> <laughs> That's your jam. I endorse that product. But um, an, another thing, another uh, thing that guys have been stepping up on lately has been Botox treatments, and they call it Brotox. Yeah. Brotox. I've heard that. Yeah. But that's becoming much more popular. But we did a lengthy conversation about pedicures becoming insanely popular for guys, so much so that they're taking up all the appointments, and mm-hmm. women are none too happy about yes, that. Yes, it's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I noticed a lot of football players get. Uh, pedicures. Really? I, I, it's, too, it's too painful. Yeah. I'll do it if I'm going away to the Caribbean or something like that and I'm going to expose my feet to the masses. <laughs> and that's what but I don't, I don't like it. That's the that's what it's predicated on. The, the sandals and stuff like that. It'd be, especially during the summer. And I agree, Mike, for some reason. Though Casey and Kathy have said that you start it a couple of times and then it gets a lot easier it's once. It's so painful because it's a mess down there. They got to clean it up. Mm-hmm. If you maintain that, it's not painful. It's, it becomes enjoyable. Did you guys oh. know that Casey is a regular... 
pedicure fanatic, and not only that, he gets he gets his nails painted while he's there too. I would nails. not guess yeah. that about. Him. Can you show? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to show you. Just do a handstand. Just do a handstand. Can we get a shot of his feet? Get your leg up. Come on. Are you flexible? Move the camera over here. I don't know. They look like claws from this angle. Well, because I'm due. I am due, Alex. Wow. They look like claws. Okay. <laughs> you just horrified Alex. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I wasn't ready. I'm sorry. Uh, last question for uh, Preston. You know the uh, Seinfeld episode. Has it ever moved? <laughs> it's moving right now. Yeah. No, just he- just hearing Mike God. talk. Yeah. We're moving right along right now. All right. Uh, guys. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, all right. I got some bizarre file stories. I would love to show. By the way, your feet are ranked, dude. Yeah, he didn't know he was going to have to put them on TV. No, they probably don't smell great is what you're saying, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah, look yeah, wonderful. Yeah, they, they look, look amazing, but my feet... I think it's because your sandals, that's I, it. Listen, let's smell anybody's foot in here, and I'm sure none of them smell great. Well, I have to mine say... smell fine. You want to smell mine? Kathy. Uh, yeah, I'll smell you. I put a little spritz of cologne in my shoes. <laughs> I do. Did you? I did, yeah. yeah. All right. Now. Just to make sure that they don't offend. Okay. <laughs> my feet stink. I don't like to smell. <laughs> but you wear sandals, and, and sandals, you know, you're not wearing socks. I'm not wearing socks. If you wear socks, socks. Your feet don't oh, stink Oh, Kate, uh, Preston, you know, in, in the dark days when it was, you were a big croc aficionado, and even you would recognize the fact that there there would be some rancid decomposition going oh, on. Oh, yeah. And that, that was, that was, and you, you, you would complain quite often on well, the stench. Crocs, even though they, they are, there's air flowing through, yeah. they are a little more housed mm-hmm. than, uh, than sandals You are. know Crocs are back, by the way. No. Yes. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Crocs are back. <laughs> All right. Back again. Also, I'm going to disagree with that. Uh, no, they are. I mean, no, they're not. You know it's really taken off, Kathy? Not as ubiquitous, ubiquitous as they were, but no. croc bras are really old. Croc right. bras. <laughs> uh, Crocs and Birkenstocks are totally back right Croc now. And Crocs Kathy. and Birkenstocks are totally different. No, Crocs and Birkenstocks are both back. All, All right. right. Yes, Kathy. I have an eighth grade daughter. All right, I understand. Okay, you know, all like, right. So kids wearing Crocs. Okay, maybe. Yeah, maybe the kids are making the. Uh, you know, they're the ones who. You know, it's also big. It's on top of the lunchboxes. Yeah. <laughs> what is superhero lunchboxes? <laughs> yeah, they're huge. All right. Anyhow, uh, let's do the bizarre file. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's bizarre, bizarre file. And this morning is brought to you by our friends at Chorus Photography. And Chorus makes you look good even when your life choices don't. Visit them at ChorusPhotography.com. Well, police arrested six people, including a pair of people in their 80s last week after getting reports of lewd and sexual activity in the Grace Richardson open space area. I had my pineapple upside down (laughs) in my shopping cart. The department received several complaints of inappropriate behavior during the week of August 12th. The Grace Richardson parcel is an 87-acre piece of land that was part of a major acquisition by mm-hmm. the town. Uh, and the Fairfield Police Department's Quality of Life Unit was assigned to investigate. It's a Quality of Life Unit. I had never heard of that unit before. Are you feeling okay? Several violations were observed, and the following arrests were made. Daniel Dobbins, 67. Otto D. Williams, 62. Charles Ardoit, who, Ar- Ardito, who is 75. John Leonard, 62. Richard Butler, who is 82. Yeah. Richard Butler? He was the lead singer of Psychedelic Furs. Yeah. <laughs> Preston, oh, I had fallen on hard times. Wow. 
and Joyce Butler, the only female who is 85. So I think they were having an orgy or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all uh, were released on a promise to appear in court. Uh, I have to tell you, I had a wonderful afternoon playing with your testicles. An internet search revealed that uh, the park has been advertised on at least one city hookup guide. And now it's off for some sponge cake. As a meetup spot <laughs> along with other fair, Fairfield locations. Who wants a cream soda? Wow, interesting. Okay. Uh, the, in uh, North Carolina, the Wake County... Save, see if you can follow this. Okay? All right. So the Wake County Sheriff's Office said the death of a man... Who whose body was found bloody and covered in Christmas lights mm. inside his home was not suspicious, suspicious, nor was the death of his cat found in the freezer. Okay. They're, they're, uh, they're saying this is a suicide? Well, no. According to a search warrant, deputies responded to home in reference to a 911 call from the son of a dead man. Uh, in the call, the son told emergency dispatchers that his father looked like he hit his head and bled out. He said that he put a blanket over his father because he did not want him exposed. When deputies investigators arrived at the house, they found the victim dead at the bottom of the stairs near the front door with a blanket covering him and pillows all around him. Blood was found under the man's body, down the walls of the hallway, near the stairs, and at the bottom of the stairs on the handrail, according to the warrant. The son told investigators he came home the previous night around 9.30 and found the cat dead in the bathroom. The son said there was blood everywhere, so he took the cat and put it in a freezer wrapped in plastic. The father was then found at the bottom of the stairs, wrapped up in Christmas lights. The son said he cut his dad loose from the lights and that his dad asked him for a blanket and pillow, which he gave to him and left him on the floor at the bottom of the stairs. When did this take place? Uh, I don't know. That one would be covered in Christmas lights. Uh, August 9th. Uh, This is insane. So the son then called his girlfriend to come pick him up and met her at the front of his house and uh, left. The son told authorities he then returned the next day and found his father dead at the bottom of the stairs where he had left him the night before. Uh, When the son was asked by investigators uh, and deputies what happened, he told them uh, what happened to the cat is the same thing that happened to his dad. Investigators officially ruled the man's death accidental. And investigators were able to determine that the father was taking down Christmas lights when he fell down the stairs and became entangled in the lights. As he was falling, he killed the cat by falling over and landing on it. The man may have suffered a stroke. Uh, the son put the cat in the freezer, quote, to preserve it. He so said. I put the cat in the freezer. I take yeah. my dad down to the bottom of the stairs. He's covered in Christmas lights. You following? And no charges are going to be filed in the case. Isn't that weird? Well, he, he made sure he waits till August to take down his Christmas lights. Yeah. Just leave him back up. A huge pile of manure has been dumped outside a pub with signs accusing the landlord of sleeping with someone's wife. The um, international sign for that. It's like a pineapple. Yeah, the muck, the <laughs> muck was piled outside the Hawkeye Inn uh, with obscene messages allegedly left by a scorned husband. Five placards were perched overnight on the dung heap claiming that the, quote, landlord is effing my wife. <laughs> One Facebook user uh, shared a photo of the manure pile outside the traditional county boozer. This is in the U.K., by the way. Yes. He, he posted saying, the Hawkeye Inn making headlines. It's not known who the jilted husband is or if it's a prank. The signs seem to be aimed at married uh, pub boss Simon Emberley, uh, who wed a woman named Joanna in January and has run the uh, Real Ale Pub uh, for five years. Mr. Emberley uh, told the Sun Online that he contacted police after finding the manure outside the pub. In denying the foul-mouthed allegations, he said it is a smear campaign against him. He said, all I know is I turned up at work at 7.30 a.m. and there's a big pile of S in the road. 
And I don't know where it's from. He's quite a wordsmith. Or who has done it, but something like this can turn someone's life upside down. Whoever has done this is trying to ruin our business. It's unfounded and untrue. <laughs> should smell my shoes. Uh, a man who said that he was trying to put out bed bugs with a cigarette accidentally started a mattress fire in a hotel on Thursday. So what was he bringing the lit cigarette down on the uh, bed bugs? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, exactly. a, that's a genius there. Firefighters responded to the hotel overnight for a report of a mattress fire in one of the rooms. Guests were evacuated. Firefighters responded. They uh, entered the hotel. The manager notified them the mattress had already been brought outside. And they I went used out- my cigarette. They went out to ensure the mattress was fully extinguished. Upon returning inside, a significant amount of smoke was still lingering in the third floor hallway. Uh, Firefighters set up fans to ventilate the interior as they pieced together what happened. A guest at the hotel explained to firefighters he was trying to put out bed bugs with a cigarette (laughs) uh, when the mattress caught on fire. And then it activated the sprinkler system, and that went on. Honestly, would that be good enough for you getting rid of the bed bugs with a cigarette? Would you then say, okay, uh, I'm good. I'm good now. I'm going to lay down. Going to go tie tie. All right, and then finally we'll do one last story. A woman in her 30s was taken into custody after police say she drove on a golf course and struck two golf carts Friday afternoon. Uh, The incident happened at the Indian Summer Golf Course. A woman confronted the golfers on the course, and a verbal altercation ensued. So investigators said the woman turned her car around and headed on the golf course and allegedly struck the golf carts with her vehicle. Uh, two men in one of the golf carts were injured. A golf course employee was in the other cart, and she was not hurt. Why don't they let you take your cars onto the golf course? It'd <laughs> be awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> Police said the woman ran from the scene, and she was located a few blocks away. Uh, she fought. At that point, she fought with five officers as she was being taken into custody. Was this some sort of lover's quarrel or something? No, She was taken to the hospital and uh, to be evaluated, and police said she will be booked for multiple felony assaults in that incident. Does Rodney drive his uh, his rolls on the course at all in uh, in Caddyshack? He, he's got a golf cart that looks like a rolls. No, he, no. he drives a, 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 a really obnoxious <coughs> rolls convertible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he at, at one point, he and Ty pull up and I'm not sure if they pull up onto the golf course okay. or not, but it, they don't go driving around. Now, in the movie um, Starsky and Hutch, Zebra Three, the uh, you know the uh, the the Grand Torino ends up on a full on chase on the golf course. That's right. Well, what am I thinking? What, there's there is one movie where the guy has a, re, a a golf cart that looks like a like a expensive car. There's like, there's been a few. Okay, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, anyhow, uh, take your vehicle out on the golf course. See what happens. <laughs> They'll today. love it. Uh, secret text word today: Your chance to win uh, Incubus tickets. Uh, that show coming up on uh, Monday, October seventh. Text word: Secret to three nine three three three. And while you're doing that, maybe you can just dial us up because I'm going to give away a case of beer. Uh, Yards Philly Pale Ale. I'll take caller number eighteen at two one five two six three WMMR. It's everybody's favorite summer beer. It's hoppy, citrus, and refreshing. Look for Philly Pale Ale in bottles and cans everywhere that Yards beers are sold, including Joe Canals in Lawrenceville. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. We're not only going to have uh, Chris Barron by in a little bit from Spin Doctors, but Jenny Garth from Beverly Hills 90210 is going to be on the program too. We'll be right back. Like what you hear? You can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Steve and Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. <laughs> 
Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Stephen has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Real quick, before we dive into anything, uh, Nick, you wanted to mention a friend of the show who's in need. Yeah, it's a guy named Trevor DeHaz, and Trevor's a great guy. He's he's traveled the country with his dog, Kahlua. Um, he uh, posts a lot on Instagram uh, uh, under the t- uh, hashtag, the name Trevor and Kahlua. Um, but Trevor's kind of a, a shy guy, and he's been going through some medical issues over the last few years, and he hasn't um, been very public with it um, until this week. And he came out, and, and basically he needs a kidney. He, he's in dire need of a kidney transplant. If he doesn't get it, um, he won't survive. So I posted some uh, information about it on com. I put some information up on uh, on my Twitter – I'm sorry, my Instagram stories, and, and uh, I'll post it on Twitter as well. But um, what all we're trying to do is just spread the word because maybe – Somebody you know might have a kidney that matches him. And, and it's uh, I don't know a lot about uh, how kidney transplants work, um, but I do know that the more people that know about this, the better um, options he has. And so if there's uh, any chance that you might know somebody who's willing to donate a kidney, uh, you can go to PrestonandSteve.com, learn a little bit about it, and actually go to the link where you can fill out the information about uh, being a donor match. Who is the, Somebody was asking, we were talking about this the other day, that uh, sometimes donors can... Like swap, uh, like this person. Yes. What was it, Kathy? You were explaining. So it. yeah. So and the reason I know about this. So I do a Sunday morning show. You guys know on Ben FM called Her Story, and I spoke to a living donor who was involved in a donor chain, and she um, explained the whole thing to me. And yeah, I mean, basically, she wanted to donate to one person specifically. So, uh, for instance, this guy, if he, you know, if he needed a donor, she, she said yes, I want to donate, but wasn't a match. So what happens then is it sort of creates a chain. Her kidney goes to some someone else and it it involved hers involved five different people and the person that she initially wanted to give her kidney to ended up with one so because, so, okay. because the chain wraps back around to I her. gotcha so I I listen my kidney doesn't match my friend but it matches your friend maybe your kidney will match my friend right and we can do it because you were going to donate mm-hmm. to your friend but it doesn't match but it might match to my friend yeah, so it so increases the, the likelihood really cool. of getting matches yeah that's uh, what an man! What an amazing thing to do that. First off, to donate, I, I actually witnessed the process taking place. I went in for the, my uh, my ankle Asia surgery, you know, simple procedure, and that was going on while I was there. And they, oh, wow. it, it's a they, they actually treat it as a celebration, you know, people doing the the, the donation. It's an amazing thing. Well, By the way, so hers happened on Facebook. Like she created this whole chain on mm-hmm. Facebook, and it all took place. You know, it was sort of just acquaintances, not necessarily somebody who you know she knew well. Right. Wow, that's cool. By yeah. the way, Trevor has a, a bit of notoriety too, Nick. Right? Yeah, he's the guy that took that infamous photo uh, at the fire festival two or three years ago. That it was um uh, just that cheese sandwich and a little bit of. Salad and a lettuce. tomato yeah. and lettuce, and it was just uh, it, it sort of helped to bring down the fire festival because he was making fun of it. And this is um, so he he tweeted that out, and then it, that photo became famous for a little while. Uh, but he's the guy that took it and he put it on his Twitter account, and he has it on his uh, Instagram account as well. But uh, all the information about how to donate, the blood type that he needs, all, you know, the specifics of being a kidney donor, all, all that's up on the post on com. He's from Phoenixville. And that, so I met his mom uh, at the first Fridays at Phoenixville that we do from time to time, and Trevor's been there too. So uh, yeah, and he's he's a big listener of the show. He loves the show, and, and okay. anything that we can do to help, I would really love to to make happen. Yep, please do. Thank you. Uh, I saw this article. Thought this was kind of and I, I alluded to it earlier, but uh, Big Seven Travel has conducted a sample survey of its 1.5 million member social audience. 
uh, to determine um, which cities across the world are most welcoming for tourists and expats alike. So where will you go and where are you going to be most welcome to? Uh, and and they narrowed it down. They essentially narrowed it down to a state. So I have the friendliest and least friendliest states in the United. The friendliest States. and least friendliest state. Now yeah. we're always told we we have a uh, a friend in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, yeah. The that's the case. Right. That's right. Um, I okay. You know what? I I'm I'm in the dark on this. I I I can't really reckon. I, I used I I might be inclined to think a, you might get a, a welcome in a southern state. You know, and it's just because they put that on that sort of, you know, uh, that's what I was thinking. sort of presentation. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, this is. Uh... Well, by the way, survey takers were asked about factors like first impressions at port of entry, whether that be an airport, train station or other place. Locals attitudes towards tourists. Uh, that would help. Neighborly feel strangers, openness and general friendliness. So this is not for. This is not if you if you move there, you live there, you reside there. This is if you're visiting right. there. Where you're how, likely to get treated very nicely. Yes. The least friendly state in the entire country is New York. <laughs> New York. There you go. So They're people just don't feel welcome. <laughs> it also moves so fast, and there's so many people. Yeah. And, and, and I, yeah, I can see that. You know, it's, it's easy to get ground up, and, you, you know, you, you get into the flow of Pedestrian traffic and yep. no one gives a rat's ass. So here's what I'll do: I'll go through the ones that are in our general vicinity, All right. mm-hmm. and then I'll get you into the like the top ten. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. But New York is a big state. I wonder percentage wise uh, of the state, right? And it's also a big, beautiful state as well. Yep. Um, percentage wise, how much? How many of those um, visitors are to the actual city? Well, it's a BBS. It's a big, beautiful state. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Like a BBW? <laughs> yeah. BBW. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Obviously, a lot of people are drawn to, to Manhattan and New York City proper. Right. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure Albany enjoys an incredibly uh, robust tourist. But like but, Lake George, the Finger Lakes, yeah, Niagara yeah. Falls. Syracuse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People love just going to Poughkeepsie. Utica. <laughs> Utica. Yeah. Ithaca is gorgeous. All right. So in our area, not too far off from New York, and I was a little surprised by this, Delaware is number 48. Really? Yeah. Delaware huh. with tax free shopping. So here's you know what? what though I would be sort of covetous of that. I would I would tend to um, get, get out of our state. Get out of our tax free state. Here's here's what it says. Delaware might be small. You can drive across the entire state in just ninety minutes, but that doesn't exactly translate as neighborly. Uh, is it Delaware's possibly misjudged reputation as boring? What makes our readers think of it as unfriendly? Unfortunately, it's ranked as one of the least friendly states in America. I think the boredom thing. Might just be it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna admit this freely. All right, it, does it have to do with pineapples? No, it has right. nothing to do with pineapples. So uh, I remember, you know, it being the butt of a joke in in uh, Wayne's World. Yes, you know, look, I'm in Delaware. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. I'm in Delaware. I thought Delaware was a city. Really? No. Until <laughs> until Wayne's World, I don't know. Okay, Still listen, you, you got these things in your head. You don't know. I thought it was a town. Yeah, that's how stupid I am. It's so nice they turned it into a state. <laughs> Little did I know it was the first state. Yeah, it was a small wonder. Yeah. Home of tax free shopping. Everyone I've encountered, and whenever we now we go down there, we have a lot of a lot of listeners. I always find Delawareans to be uh, really nice and welcoming. Yeah. I just, yeah, yeah, it's just always been my experience. And then gets where Kathy goes and gets all her wine. Yeah, they're, they're like a for, forgotten child complex as well. But, uh, I mean, I think if you're visiting Delaware, you're, what, are you, what are you visiting? The, the beaches, maybe? I, and I've never been to a Delaware beach. I hear they're great. And I hear they're really, yeah. really wonderful. But Dewey's I've, awesome. It's a good uh, party town. And yeah. uh, Rehoboth is a lot of fun as well. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to. Newark. There's Newark. Hmm. 
Not Newark. Not Newark. 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 I love the majestic mountains of Delaware. Yeah. That's what I visit yeah. <laughs> No, all right. So Pennsylvania. Num- so number 46 on the list? Yeah. New Jersey. New Jersey. Uh-huh. Now, you, I guess it, I, I'm wondering if the more perceived benevolent uh, states have a lot more areas where people... I mean, where do you go to? Obviously, you go down to shore towns. If, you, yeah. if you're visiting New Jersey, you're more likely to be right to doing to doing that, right? You're doing the beach. And you know what's what's I find very interesting about, because I, I go to Wildwood, um, the amount of people that come down from Quebec. It's crazy. So are locals, you find lo- the locals welcoming of the influx of, I mean, isn't that the longstanding legend that the uh, the, the counties yeah, are not really thrilled to see the... Uh... Well, you know what? So uh, Tim Graham, who's in our sales department, yes. he owns a place in Brigantine. It's a wonderful place. He owns a place in Brigantine. Yeah. And he says the locals aren't even nice to... To them? To like summer, you know, people who own. Like, so when he goes out and he knows that they're, they're like locals... He lies and says, yeah, yeah, I live here because they're they're treated differently. Huh. Steve, I remember uh, it was a long time ago. I think it was Robert Wall, the comedian. Yes. Uh, did a bit about there was there was a time when the uh, the state of New Jersey wanted uh, Bruce Springsteen, Born to Run, to be the state song. Right, right. And he broke down the lyrics of the song. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. a suicide rap. <laughs> we got to get yeah. out while we're young. Uh-huh. You know, and all this yeah. stuff. They're yeah. like, really? Come on, let's get out of here. Yeah. yeah. What the hell are we doing here? Yeah. Leaving the state. Yeah. yeah. I know a lot of business owners down at the Jersey Shore uh, and also just families that live there year round. And all of them say the same thing. They love when Memorial Day comes and, and the you know craziness and how busy it gets and especially for the businesses. But they also love when Labor Day comes and everybody goes home. Sure. So they, sure. they enjoy those months. But when it's over, it's time for everybody to go. Here's what they, they state in the assessment. The Jersey attitude can be perceived as just outright rudeness. Huh. And in this survey, it seems as though that's definitely the case. New Jerseyans are known for their in-your-face personalities. But, hey, at least the it says probably unfriendly station attendant will pump your gas for you. So uh, they're they're yeah. picking on uh, sort of the the obvious things, but I mean it, it's the state of of Cape May and Wildwood and, sure. and, the, and the Jersey Shore, but it's also the state of Tony Soprano and you know and produce. Uh, well, no, I mean like the the angry <laughs> New York suburbs of of New Jersey. That's that stereotype is rooted in some truth. Yeah. All right, so uh, I'm going to mention Florida. Mention because, Florida because we have Florida man. It comes up in the bizarre file a lot. It's 42nd on the list. Uh, it says, uh, considering Miami is often voted as one of the least friendly cities in America, Florida has its work cut out for it. Cities such as Orlando and its tourist-friendly initiatives are helping the state big time, but overall its reputation has come as has some catching up to do. Uh, I think. Do. I think when you. I think when you have a lot of revenue coming in because uh, that you rely on the tourist dollars, yeah. you're going to be a little bit more prone to want to. Um, Encourage that welcoming attitude. Mm-hmm. Places in states that don't have a lot of that might be a little bit more standoffish. Here's one that we've all visited a few times. Number 40 on here is California. Mm. And this is, it says, Californians like to think of themselves as friendly, but our readers disagree. Los Angeles is no city of angels when it comes to making strangers feel welcome with an overall aloof, bordering on rude vibe. Smaller th- cities are more laid back. I think it's hard to qualify and quantify California because of how vast it is. So freaking huge. Yeah, I mean, there's like, so many people. It's just, it's a big geographic state as well. I don't know how you could rank like it. I, f- I found people in San Diego to be very, ple- but yeah. again, these are sweeping generalities. Right. They are, they are. There was yeah. just a survey that was yeah. done. All right, but you'll be happy to know yes. that Pennsylvania ranked 18. Hey! Oh. Hey. Of most 
Most hey. Friendly States. That's it says, not bad. No. It's really good, actually, uh, out of 50. Uh, <laughs> so it says you might not instinctively think of cities such as Philadelphia or Pittsburgh as being friendly, but they really are. Citizens here are truly friendly. The slogan, you've got a friend in Pennsylvania, <laughs> was created for a reason. Our readers ranked it highly in terms of helpfulness from strangers. Look lost. Chances are a good-natured local will help you out. And I tell you what, I'll give you an example. I had some friends that were in from the south um, who I hadn't seen in decades. And so I'm like, well, let's go into the city. I'll show yeah. you around a little bit. And we're we're walking down the street, and I'm we're, we're, we're by City Hall, and I'm telling the story of Billy Penn and the height of which, uh, you know, no buildings could be built taller than the brim of his hat till you know, 1980s. And I'm giving the story. And some guy on the street goes, he, he just stops, and he goes, and you know what else? He goes... You see the other uh, building over there, the Comcast Tower. He goes at the very top. I go, there's a little Billy Pentas statue. I've seen it. I've been up there. But he just wanted to contribute, share a little bit of information about the town. And and we had had another experience just a few blocks earlier of an older guy who was a guy who was helping his like dad get out of the car. And the guy and, and the girl I was with with her with her husband. She's very attractive. And he came over and said something very very nice. And we just started having a conversation. He was wearing a Rocky T-shirt. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. I love it. I, I agree. And that's, and that's what I told him at the moment. I'm like, we get this wrap of this tough exterior, and it, we do have a tough sure, exterior. Sure. But really, it's it's a it's a neighborhood. It's a I neighborhood agree. city, and yes. people want to help out their neighbors and people coming into the neighborhood who are interested in it. So uh, I got uh, that's Philly in general. Right. My, my one cousin works uh, at City Hall, and and oftentimes he will on his lunch break. Go outside and look for tourists and tell them about the city. Yeah. So when you t- said that, Preston, I wouldn't be surprised if that was my cousin who had jumped into the conversation because he loves to. I'm not saying it was him. Is he a large black man? Yes, he is. Okay, oh my yes. God. <laughs> that's him. Uh, no, no, you but know he, my cousin Casey. <laughs> he often does that. Now, my other cousin, he. I, this is a great story. He was down on South Street and somebody was about to go in. They were tourists. They were about to go into gyms. Yeah. And he was like, you don't want to go there. He goes, I got a great place for you to go to. And he and so he he sent him to a different steak joint, and he, like, knows the owners. He goes, I, trust me, this is the place that you want to get a cheesesteak. So they went there. He called the cheesesteak place. He goes, hey, you got these guys that are going to be coming in from, I'll just, you know, from Florida or whatever, uh, blah, 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 blah. He goes, whatever they get, put it on, you know, uh, I'll pay for it. And, you know, and so. It's cool. I think when pe- when people can take the time to dissuade people from going to certain businesses, I think that's a good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> totally don't go, go to a better place. Don't go in here. No, I know what you're saying. Uh, but, it's, it's nice. Uh, when I was at the Franklin Institute a couple of weeks ago for, uh, did this Marvel thing. Yeah, it's um, great. I was about to walk in, and I saw this guy walk up to the counter with his two kids, and it, it was it was a closed uh, exhibit. Everything had closed. It was just for it was like a private party only, and they were about to turn him away. And I said, "Hang on a second, and uh, let me just go see something real quick. I might have some tickets for you." And I and and sure enough. Uh, there were some people who didn't show up. Uh, I grabbed three tickets for the guy. I handed it to him. I said, where are you from? He goes, Colorado. I go, all right, make sure you tell everybody in Colorado that the people in Philadelphia are nice. You know? So. Spreading the word. Spreading the word. All right. Uh, so I'll give you some of the top ten. But that's those are general in there. And I was really happy to see Pennsylvania. I'm happy. Right. I agree. I agree. There's a, there's, a, there's a good benevolence around here if you take the time to, uh, to peel back that layer. Yeah, this is uh, B7 Travel that conducted this. 1.5 million people they uh, they looked into. So um, the top ten of most friendly states. All right, here's where we get into the real stuff. Uh, Hawaii is number ten. Well, they, what do they have to be pissed about? <laughs> uh, and your experiences there, Preston? Uh, wonderful. Uh, everybody there asking, you know, because we asked locals. 
Where's the best cheesesteak? We didn't ask where's the best cheesesteak. Uh, but we asked a few questions about where to go and what to do, and they were more than willing to offer up uh, yeah. information, and it was good information. They rely on tourism heavily. Now, some of these are surprising. Like, number nine, it says Oklahoma. Oklahoma? Okay. Uh, it says people are always keen to strike up conversation and will look after their own community no matter what. Please they're, talk to me. They're equally. <laughs> <laughs> we don't see too many outsiders. Please talk to me. I yeah. went to Oklahoma City uh, years ago, and um, I was pleasantly surprised at how nice everybody was okay. uh, speaking to the survey and how beautiful it was. Okay. Um, Oklahoma's wonderful. It was great. Yeah. yeah. You got oh, pretty high on that, right? I just thought about uh, <laughs> Dirty Rotten Scandals. <laughs> Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. <laughs> Uh, number eight, Kansas. Kansas. That's another one of those please talk Big to me Big and flat. Uh, yes, it is. And windy. Uh, My friend loves Kansas. He, he drives across the country, you know, he... Uh, I'm going to go drive across Kansas. Um, and, and he said that he, that was his favorite state to drive through. It is pretty wild. I'll tell you what, though. Uh, on a beautifully sunny day, I was out there, I was driving around with a blind comedian and his German shepherd in the car. I'll never forget this. I got out of the car, went to go into a, a, a service station. The door opened up, a gust of wind. You know, obviously how big I am, and, yeah. and it just pulled me across. I mean, the wind is deceptively. Wow. That's how you get those raging tornadoes out there. Number seven is Colorado. Colorado, yeah. Friendliest states in the union. I think if I, uh, if, not, if not for my son and this job, I would consider moving to Colorado. Yeah. yeah. It's just a great state. Yep. It's pretty amazing. Uh, sixth is Indiana. Indiana. I've yep. been to Indiana. Gary, Indiana? No, I was in uh, South Bend. Oh, yeah. I actually Indiana. drove <laughs> I drove through Gary, Indiana, though. Okay. Yeah, that's where the Jackson 5 is from. Never forget this day. <laughs> that's where the Jackson 5 is from. Yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. And so is, wait, there's another famous. The music uh, cow shields? N- what? The cow shields? No, I can't remember. Right, Michael's here? Yeah. You love the castles. I love the castles. Uh, so it says that uh, people here are just good-natured with a good sense of humor. So good much people. more. So then a uh, flyover state, Indiana, will hold a special place in your heart after just one visit. Regular folk. As the newest national park in the country. Oh, yeah? Indiana does, yeah. Dune Shores or Dune Lake Shores, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number five on this list is Wyoming. Wyoming. I do like Wyoming. You did um, the dude ranch there? Yeah, we went to, uh, we flew into Jackson Hole and then. Uh, you saw a bear while you were riding an ATV? I did, I did. <laughs> it was a couple hours, an hour or two, I think, to where uh, we went to the dude ranch, but uh, there's a lot to like about that country. Big that country. part of the country is just beautiful. You were wearing your Jackson Hole t shirt yesterday, Preston. Yes, very good. And Casey. were they nice to you? Yeah. They're pleasant. There's not yeah. that many people out there. So, again, it's, it's please talk to me. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. So, I, we didn't encounter many people other than where the dude ranch that we were staying. So, ooh, ooh, please, please talk to me. But they seem nice. <laughs> okay. How about this one? Number four on this list is Texas. Texas. They are very nice in Texas. I uh, have to say. Enthusiastic locals Though and greetings. Kennedy might argue. Of howdy. <laughs> yes, you are correct. Yeah. He may. I didn't find it all that pleasant. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 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 Not a good time. Yeah, it no. didn't make my top ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so it says. Uh, I would say I didn't even like it at all. Uh, it says uh, everywhere you go. Uh, greetings of howdy everywhere you go have uh, surely helped it secure its place among the friendliest states in America. Just don't make fun of Texas while you're in Texas. Oh my God, they'll kill you. They will kill you. Uh-huh. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Well, they're very, very proud. Yeah, very, yeah. very proud. I've always said Texas. And and they they've wanted to uh, secede before, and and but their their flag says it all to me. 
Red stripe, white stripe, blue field, one star. It's just us. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. So uh, that's Texas. So third on this list is South Carolina. South Carolina is lovely. I've I've lived in South Carolina when I was a kid. Very and pleasant people. Yeah. That's where they shot Dawson's Creek, Preston. Is it? I believe so. Oh, yeah. I don't know that. Carolina. Really? I don't know. I was... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's Wilmington. My wife and I eventually want to be snowbirds way down the road. We want to. We want to have a. a, a, a we want to keep our home here and eventually have somewhere else that we can go to in the wintertime when, when we eventually hit retirement age. How about? And it? so I've I've looked into you know the southern states simply because of the climate. So I I, I pulled up a video online about uh, this couple that had moved to South Carolina just to get you know what's it like for new people living in South Carolina and they were West Coasters. They were like yeah, yeah. they were like San Diego or something like that. And uh, they were given the pros and cons. And one of the things that they kept pointing out was, man, they were like, the pace is so much slower here. Yeah. And when you go to a store, you can have a 20-minute conversation with the person who's just ringing you out at the... uh, at the cash yeah. register. Okay, shut up now. Yeah, tell, yeah, just telling you about their day right, and yeah. how y'all doing and everything. And, but that is very, very friendly if you're visiting. How far north um, can you go and still be considered a snowbird? Like, if, for example, if you're here and you buy a home in Maryland, you're not a snowbird. No, right? no. I would say you got to be south. Of, uh, you got to be into the Carolinas at yeah, least. Yeah, right. I would think you'd be- where there, where there's a better uh, where it's warmer. Yeah, in the wintertime because I mean the the Carolinas will still get you know forty degree weather yeah. in the wintertime. Yeah. I, I mean, went there on spring break one year. Why? <laughs> well, we, we thought, hey, it's the beaches. It's North Carolina. It's going to be a lot of fun uh-uh. and warm. No, uh-uh. it was the same as here. Well, people yeah. like for example Bermuda. A lot of people go ah, and yeah. in the winter I'll just go to Bermuda. Yes, no, it's no. Cold. yeah. <laughs> It'll get colder. Yeah, it's it. the same. I think as South uh, Carolina latitude is uh, as, as the Carolinas. Is North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, South Carolina says here uh, the residents are famously welcoming, making it such a friendly place to spend some time in holiday and kindness. And South Carolina has both in spades. I do like in the South, and I've mentioned this before, is when you go to a restaurant and and the server, the uh, you know the waitress will say. How you doing, honey? What can I do for you? Right. Hey, sweetheart, or something like that. They throw these little pleasantries that are just adorable. Well, around. sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you to pie. Second on the list is Tennessee. Hey, you were born in Tennessee. I was born in Tennessee. That is correct. It says that Southern, that classic Southern charm is in full swing, where locals have a buzzing attitude and eagerness to show off their city to out-of-towners. Add in the lively music scene, and it's clear why it's one of the friendliest states in America. Well, you're just in Nashville, Kathy. Yeah. Yes. They're very welcoming. It was, uh, Yeah, it You was. were getting hit I mean, on all the time by black guys, yep, right? black guys, <laughs> even in Nashville, like right. me. Uh, yeah, but you know what? There, like where I was, it, it's so touristy that they, they just love it. They eat it up. They yeah. want you there. So, yeah, they're all very there you nice. Go. So that's welcoming, and that's what this yeah, is about, yeah, the yeah. tourist. But oddly enough, number one on this list, this is B7 Travel's uh, Friendliest States in America. Can I guess? Yeah. Louisiana? No. I was going to... New Orleans people are really nice. You got to head further up north. It's Minnesota. Minnesota? Wow. I was just there. I never would have guessed that. Uh, and what did you... What was your experience? They were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was It was Pineapples fine. all yeah, over the Pineapples all over. <laughs> no, they was, it was for pleasant people, but I mean, you know, brutal winters. They have these habit trail um, 
uh, uh, tunnels, you know, like tunnels, uh, elevated or, pathways yeah. over the sidewalks. Is Minnesota so far north that you're almost Canadian? Yeah. You get you're you're getting right there. I mean, yeah. because the the Canadians are known for their you know friendly disposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are their two moods? Uh, pretty good and okay. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the two Canadian moods. Uh, Minnesota takes top spot thanks to its extraordinary friendly residents. It's called Minnesota Nice for a reason. I didn't know. I guess that's their slogan. They made it up. Uh, the atmosphere in the Twin Cities and beyond is hard to match with a homely feel and locals who go the extra mile hey. to welcome tourists. It's close to where Mary Tyler Moore lived in a TV show. Yeah, yeah that's correct. Nice. I think uh, well, that was kind of interesting. I had a bad taste left in my mouth from uh, the NFC this guy, <laughs> the <laughs> NFC Championship game because oh, Minnesota. Yeah. Hated Philadelphia so much, for, you know they're they're so mean there. Like, I don't I don't know if we were that mean. It's just that our team beat your team very badly. Oh, oh, God, gee, you guys, gee, you guys. Mm. Uh, but it all might be for naught because uh, NASA has begun preparations for the upcoming of what they're calling the God of Chaos Astro God of Chaos Asteroid. <laughs> Yes, it's the God of Chaos Apophis asteroid, which is considered potentially hazardous to Earth as it passes. Listen to this. I, I don't yep, know if you saw yep. this or not. So close to the planet that it will be underneath TV satellites. It's going to be closer than satellites. Are. I didn't realize how uh, far away satellites were until I saw this story. Depends on the satellite. Yeah. I mean, some of them are in higher orbits. NASA has already begun preparations for the arrival of asteroid 99942 Apophis, dubbed the God of Chaos asteroid, which will skim past the Earth uh, in 10 years. How big? It's 340 meters across. It will pass within just 19,000 miles of Earth's surface. And Apophis is one of the largest asteroids to pass so close to Earth's surface, and a collision with the planet has to has the potential to be devastating for all life on Earth. Yeah, mm. there you go. How about that? So, is this one that they're going to um, uh, test some of their uh, deflection theories on? They're just going to study it. They don't yeah. think that it's really. It's got a one in one hundred thousand chance of actually hitting the Earth. I mean, it could have some kind of a collision on the way and yeah. redirect and head right at us. But it's going to be close enough to where they can. I, I think it's so close, Steve, that messing with it. That, what if? Oops. Yeah. We nudged it in the wrong direction. And you blow up Minnesota, and then you blow up Minnesota. <laughs> and it's the so friendliest place in the United States. Damn. <laughs> Why not Delaware? <laughs> it's forty. Apparently, they're very upset. Uh, so they are going to mainly study it, I believe, Steve. Uh, it's going to be closer to Earth than most communication and weather satellite satellites in orbit. It's pretty wild. But, but we know a lot, certainly, about the trajectories of certain asteroids and celestial entities, or if that's even the appropriate word, but, mm-hmm. uh... There's still stuff out there that we don't oh, yeah. know. Oh, there's there's much more yeah. out there that we don't know about than stuff that we do know about. Did you know that until very recently that any of these tracking of, of any asteroids was all done by amateurs? It yeah. was not done. Like, they, over the last 10 years, these computer programs have been developed to try and track asteroids like this. But before that, it was literally just people, amateurs. Just hobbyists. With, yeah, with, with telescopes in their backyard. Wow. So I wonder to what level. Obviously, we've seen Armageddon and Deep Impact and things of that nature. But, I mean, I, I know they are different things that are even just using, you know, Deflection or blowing them up or all of these things. I've heard that the sail is the most um, probable way of 
deflecting or, or deploying a, sol- a, a solar sail, basically. Yeah, yeah. That, that was one of the articles that I read. Yeah. So to Casey's point, most satellites in Earth's orbit are geostationary orbit of about 22,000 miles away from the planet. You're right, Case. That's further away than I thought they were. I didn't think they were thousands of miles away. I well, thought we, they were hundreds of miles away. We were just seeing, and it's, it's a depiction I've seen often, of the amount of satellites orbiting the Earth. Yeah. It's just a ton. It's crazy. A How, ton of satellites. All right, what's the diameter of the Earth? I think it's about well, 1,500 feet. The circumference is two hundred or about 25,000 miles, uh, but I don't know the diameter. Do the be little, about eight thousand. Do the little pie thing and figure that out. Is yeah. that what it is? About eight. Yeah, seven thousand nine hundred fifteen. Very good, Nick. All right. So this thing is maybe going to be like uh, three Earths away from uh, okay. Earth. You, okay. They say you should feel the breeze as it passes. <laughs> <laughs> will you be able to see it? Yes. Okay. Yes, you will. So that's what's really really cool about it. So. Apophis is traveling at almost 25,000 miles uh, per hour, meaning a slight detour from its trajectory could be catastrophic. Its size and proximity to Earth have resulted in it being categorized as a PHA, which is a potentially hazard asteroid. It's like fat, right? P-H-A-T? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. There we go. Come up with a T to put on the end of that. This asteroid is Potentially hazardous asteroid trajectory. (laughs) Fat. Man, that asteroid is fat. I love that. Bam. Um, and NASA, it says here, NASA is keen to learn as much from the asteroid as possible to help prevent further asteroid issues in the future. Is this is not is this classified as a planet killer? No, right? It just says it could be devastating. So, right. uh, devastating is a relative term. Sometimes things can be pleasantly devastated. NASA, especially if they land in Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. Uh, NASA scientists are aware that as the asteroid flies by the planet in 2029, uh, its orbit trajectory may also change, thus ri- raising fears in the future that the massive rock could collide with the planet. It's expected to shine. Here you go, Nick. Shine exceptionally bright in the sky yeah. and pick up speed as it flies across the sky in 2029. And it will be traveling so fast uh, that it will cross the width of the moon in about one minute and will be as brightly lit as stars in the night sky. So we should be able to see it, whether That's it's cool. night or day, I would imagine. Uh, according to some researchers, the immense size of the rock is not a cause for concern as there is a one to 100,000 chance of the asteroid striking right. the Earth. So here's the deal. When mm-hmm. we re-sign our contracts into 2029, mm-hmm. uh, make sure that we are we include a uh, show calls? from a space platform okay. oh. to watch it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. Uh, NASA have begun preparing to study the rock as it flies past the Earth and insisted that it would be a great opportunity for the world to learn more about similar asteroids. Do you know people who sort of worry inordinately uh, over this... Over these collisions, you know, after those movies came out, Deep Impact, Animal Again, Armageddon, there were people who were, like, consumed with that. I remember reading a story about people. It was a psychological thing that just weighed heavily on a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, Are there conspiracy theorists based on stuff like this, too? Oh, yeah, yeah. Have to be. I wonder where they're going to run with this one. Have to be. All right, anyhow, uh, I've been told we need to take a break. Is Chris here yet? Yes, he is. Hey! Okay, so we're going to take a break. Chris Barron. Uh, from the Spin Doctors is going to be in our studio next. Super nice guy. They're going to be performing at uh, the Sellersville Theater on September 22nd. So we'll get them in here in just a moment or two. Make sure you stay with us. Don't forget we have a secret text for a chance for you to see Incubus as well. Tickets uh, are available. You can go to, uh, you can send the word secret over to 39333. You might win. We'll be back in a moment. 
best burger in all of Philadelphia? Taste for yourself at this year's Burger Brawl in a brand new spot. Round one. Join 93.3 WMMR at the Navy Yard Sunday, September 15th and enjoy unlimited bites of burgers from the city's top restaurants. Proceeds benefit the Fund for the School District of Philadelphia, a nonprofit supporting school literacy programs through technology. Tickets on sale now. Get complete details and all the ingredients for a great day at WMMR.com. Burger Brawl 2019. Let's go a few rounds. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Breaking news. Breaking news. Okay. Oh, I have, boy. I have some breaking news. Oh, no. Sorry, Chris, but I got to jump in before we introduce you. But this just came across. Our good, close, personal friend, Kate Flannery of The Office, Philly gal. Yeah. She's going to be on Dancing with the Stars. Oh. oh yay. All right. All right. I'm going to watch. Cool. Yeah, I watched too. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, she'll be perfect. She'll on be that. great. We we got to get her on tomorrow. Yeah, we got to have her me. on. Yeah. Tomorrow. I just texted her. We'll, I'm sure we'll have her on very soon. All right. So that was. I just can't it. wait for her to curse. I know. <laughs> she will. Well, Sailor be on man. National TV like that. Yeah, she Yeah, she will. She'll curse. She'll drop right. an f bomb the first time out. All right. So just had to share that. All right. Our next guest is in town for a couple of reasons. Promoting the show coming up at the Sellersville Theater on. On Sunday, September 22nd, along with another great musician, Jeffrey Gaines from Philadelphia. Yeah. He's awesome. And we are happy to have him here today. Please welcome lead singer of the Spin Doctors, Mr. Chris yeah. Barry. Thanks, guys. Hey, nice to see you. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm really good. Thanks so much. It's such a pleasure to be here on MMR. We were talking about you. We had played, it was either uh, Two Princes or Little Miss Can't Be Wrong, one of the songs. It was in the morning, and I was just back selling it. And and it was about a week or so before we found out you were coming in, and, and we were just going off on how great the band is. And yeah, what, always what, huge fans. What fun, great, enjoyable music it is to listen to. Thank you. And then, like, just a few days later, we're here, no, he's coming to town. We're like, oh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That is so cool. It was perfect. But, uh, yeah, man, so uh, welcome back. You're Thanks. It's good to be here. You're from Princeton. Yeah, I grew, grew up, up I grew Princeton. up in Princeton, which was really cool because I was like halfway between New York and Philly. So yeah. well, I had all the radio stations. Like this is back in kind of a golden age of rock and roll yeah. mm-hmm. radio. So like I was listening to MMR. Yeah. And um and then from New York I had like um WNBC and PLJ. Right. Right in Princeton. And NEW was was, N-E-W was, a, was a sister killing. station. Yeah. NEW was killing it. They're gone now. PLJ, yeah. NEW. Well, I mean, you guys are are you guys like the, the only last ones. of the Northeast like rock and roll like we you know, are, active we, rock stations? Yeah. yeah, WMMR is the longest standing, still playing current rock music radio station in the country. Good for you. And we're happy. Yeah, Good we're for you. Proud I mean, about it, yeah, and going I, strong. I was like 12, 13, 14 years old. <laughs> I had like you know like a like an old like Panasonic boom box, oh, yeah, you know, like yeah, black yeah. plastic <laughs> with um you know like the, a cassette deck in it, and I'd have you guys on like. You know, really low at night, <laughs> so like my parents didn't know I was listening to the radio. Oh yeah, and we would do this thing back then. You'd have you'd have a cassette in there, and then like every song that came on, you just hit record, yeah, yeah. right? And then like if you liked the song, you recorded the whole tune, mm-hmm. and if you didn't, you'd be like, nah, I don't like that song. You'd rewind and re-cue it, and like wait for the next. Song. That was the only way I to get to, it. I used yeah. to make these mixtapes, you know, off of the radio that way. But yeah, that was that was um. 
the best, man. Uh, I, Pierre Robert. Oh, yeah. I was mid Carol Miller. Yeah. yeah. You know, just like, uh, that was the other thing, too, is you couldn't, like, you didn't know what these people looked like. For all you knew, they were 12 feet tall. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, Pierre. <laughs> yeah. We had, like, rabbit ears and, mm-hmm. like, you know, fire coming out of their noses. Well, and, Chris, like, we just had actually had a, uh, um, it was the 50th um, celebration for the station uh, a little while ago. Carol Miller was there, and, yeah. and so many of the old uh, jocks were there. But, I mean, this the rich history. And the, the cool part is is that you were played, and the same station that played you brand new was playing um, Zeppelin when it was brand new. All that know, stuff. It's, it's and it's really continued. Cool. And, yeah. and also, like, not only that, but, like, I was, as the guy who ended up being played by yeah. MMR, like, I was listening to MMR while I was, like, figuring out how to write songs yeah. and play music myself. So it's, you know, it's it's the cycle, you know, is just is so cool. And radio, radio is, like, one of those... I think about radio all the time now because everything now is so... Um, you know, there's so much sensory input yeah. all the time. And the beauty of, of radio is actually, like a certain amount of sensory deprivation, you know, that you're not seeing something that like it's these movies that are happening in your head. Yeah. And if there's an explosion, it's like a sound effect of an explosion. And if, you know, I just, I just <laughs> think the radio the is so Theater cool. the mind. Yeah. I think mm. the radio is, is, uh, is really what it, it's all about. Nice. Let, let me ask you, Chris, because I, I am sure you get this a lot. Um, I remember when I heard my first spin doctors song that, you know, the, the, the connection that, your band has to people of my age and, and uh, they were coming of age in the 90s. When I first heard a Spin Doctor song, I, it's a very clear memory for me. Do you get that a lot? That people that know people exactly, say that? That they know exactly when they heard a, a Spin Doctor yeah, tune? Yeah, that's, that's really gratifying. You know, like it's it's one of the really nice things about about the band is um, somehow we just struck this kind of universal chord and and I think one of the things that that makes it really gratifying you know from from like our end of things is um we we were just trying to make music that we loved you know it wasn't like it wasn't like we were like oh this will get the yeah, allowance yeah. out of the kids <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean we were, we're just like we were, we were coming out of we were coming out of like a period of music that was very um, you know, commodify. It was a lot of like boy bands and um, and, and like Madonna and stuff yeah. like that. Which is, you know, not, I I love all that stuff too. Like I love pop music. Um, but um, but we were all blues freaks and funk freaks and like rock and roll freaks, and so we wanted to make music that was well. It it was a transitional time uh, because uh, leading up to that, the world of rock anyway had gone this decidedly. Uh, kind of pop metal route. Yeah. And that's where it was. Yeah. And then along comes Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and then bands like Soul Asylum and you guys and yeah. so forth that, that were, you know, that were picking up steam and created this whole... Well, Nirvana turn. really kicked the door down. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Those guys just, it was... I remember, like, we were just starting to go around. Like, we would we, we would find, like, we go to a town to do a gig, and we would go to their college station... And back then, like, college stations were just, like, you know, a c- couple kids in <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. with some equipment. Yeah. And you just call ahead and just be like, hey, we're around uh, this band. We're coming to town. We're playing the blah, blah. And, and, you know, can we come by? And they'd be like, oh, sure, a real band? <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow, you know? <laughs> um, but, like, we, you know, we would walk into these places and there'd be that that um, um, baby 
poster with the baby like in the pool yeah. Yeah. with the with the dollar bill on the yeah. hook and his little pee pee. Yeah, yeah. And like um <laughs> you know, there were everybody was like, These guys are the jam. And we were just kind of following those guys around. We were like a month or two behind those guys all the time. Yeah. But and, you were doing uh, your own thing. I mean your sound didn't sound anything like their sound. No, you guys were no, doing your but own you know and- but what what happened was they were just kicked that like commodified kind of prefab mm-hmm. music door like sure. down. And all of a sudden like you know, the people who, like, open up the door were like, oh, man, this, like, sloppy, nasty, like, angry <laughs> crowd you're right. is going right. to sell again. You and, know? It, and it did. It, it, and it, it did. put an edge back on it. That was, and it was, I remember clearly, but, I mean, that's why you always see the stuff and it starts to become cyclical. But, I, I mean, I, I really liked that period of, of music because there was, there was a. Uh, oh, it was exciting. I yeah. Thought. And there were a lot of different sounds. Yes. That, that played on the field. Oh, my God. Yeah. 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 Huge amount. Because. Nirvana may have kicked down the door with a sound, uh, but other bands came in like you guys. It didn't sound anything like them. I mean, you had your other quote-unquote grunge bands, but you had more fun, melodic, uh, and blues-yorded, you know, and I've I've got to point out uh, Blues Traveler as well, and we'll talk about your relationship with those guys and John Popper in a little while. Uh, But but, uh, a whole slew of artists came in that I guess had just kind of been waiting in the wings like you guys that were just kind of going around and doing their thing, and all of a sudden it was like, hey, you guys want to make a record? You know, yeah. I mean, I guess there was a the sense, industry paid attention. There was a sense of, like, you know, looking at um, at bands like Poison and, and um, you know, like, I, I loved Warrant. Def Leppard. Yeah, yeah, And, like, I actually thought those bands were really, like, cool. They made some fun stuff. Well, yeah. we were, like... We're gonna take these guys down. You know, <laughs> no, it was yeah. like, yeah. Okay. I mean, we we're gonna. We were like, the competition know, doesn't hurt, and it also spurs you on to to try to do something different. We're like, enough of this. You know, yeah, like yeah. let's. Um, and we were also like, I think another unspoken, like historical musical music history kind of aspect of all this is that we were like some of the last bands to make record on tape. To make records on tape. Oh, this is all before so like, digital. Films. Yeah, I mean, for you, you know, for 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 like, you know, your your listeners who, you know, maybe don't really know what I mean by that. Back then, you would go into the studio, and you were recording. You weren't court recording digitally into a computer. You were recording on these reels of tape that cost three hundred like nineteen ninety dollars. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. So if you wanted to like edit something, like a dude with a razor blade was cutting actually cutting this tape that you had paid through just paid 300 bucks you needed to do like another take sometimes you were like okay we're gonna go over we're gonna record over one of the previous takes or are we gonna buy another reel of tape right so like you did you had to be able to play the song it wasn't like as there much was real like, craftsmanship when it came to editing the musicianship you know? mm-hmm. there was you had to be a real musician well, it's it's kind of, and I say craftsmen because well, you guys are the musicians, but when it comes to the producers and and, and the editors of it all, you know, you talk about like a, a tradesman, right, like a carpenter or whatever. Where if we don't cut this right, you got sorry, you guys got to do it again. There were tremendous limitations yeah. on what we could do, and it made you have to really play. Well. I'll, t- I'll right. tell you this: so I learned my editing analog style, as, as you, Preston, with the razor to cutting tape. When digital came in, I could port the tricks I learned with analog editing into the digital realm, and people go, "How are you doing this? How yeah. you? What is this?" Yeah. So I, I I love that aspect of it. Yeah, 
And I got to say, um, so your album, uh, Pocket Full of Kryptonite, came out in 91, and that was like an anthem, that, that whole album for, for me for, you know, not just 1991, but probably the rest of my high school years. It, it is a really, really good album. But I, <laughs> I, I want to ask you something, because you were 19, 20 years old when you were writing those songs and, and, and recording that album. Yeah. I have gone back, and, and in fact, I had to throw away all of my old college notebooks and, and my papers because I'm reading it, and this is what a, a 19, 20-year-old kid is, is writing. And, and creating, and I was like, this is just garbage. <laughs> you know? and, 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 and it's embarrassing because, it's, you know, as an adult man, I'm reading what this kid version of me was writing and thought was, like, really um, deep. Deep, yeah. and, and, it, and it wasn't, but, you know, here you are, you know, like, now you're an adult, and can you look back at the, at the, at the stuff that you created as a kid, and it's, and it's, you know, withstood the test of time, or in your mind does it? Well, you know, that's a great question. I, I was writing a lot of schlock, too. You know, I was 20 as well. Yeah. Um, I, I came out of, like, a technique of writing that was basically, like, you just write and write and write. And I'd sit down to write, and I'd be like, give myself permission to write the worst schlock ever written. <laughs> and if I had to sit there being like, you're a jerk, you're an idiot, what are you doing, what are you doing, what are you doing? I'd write five pages of that if yeah. I had to until I got through, you know, all of that stuff and got to something, you know, really good so there's a lot of like there's a lot of just babble there's also a lot of like the rats of my heart are decapitating <laughs> <Yeah>. my roses <laughs> on the poetic dream on the yeah, yeah. satanic sunday of my nevermore you know it's like a lot of like what the hell was that uh-huh. well you know i think it was uh bob singer gave uh glenn fry some advice he's like just keep writing keep yeah. writing he's like you're gonna write a lot of lousy stuff you're gonna write a lot of lousy yeah. songs and then you're gonna write a good one yep and that's what you have to keep doing um, I, uh, speaking of writing songs and lyric content, uh, and by the way, if you're just tuning in, it's Chris Barron, Spin Doctors. They're playing at uh, Sellersville Theater on September 22nd. Um, there, uh, I, I recently, just recently, found out the origin of Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. <laughs> yes. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. It was about your stepmother. Yeah, yeah. And because, I mean, the first line, you know, a whole lot, is it a whole lot of years since a bitch left town? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking, thought it was An ex-girlfriend. Girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you tell that story, please? Yeah. Um, you know, I, my dad was – my dad, who's a great guy, you know, um, and we all make mistakes. But my dad was married to this woman who really kind of hated my brother and I and had a lot of, like, very, you know, serious emotional problems. Were you considered in the way? Basically? Very much yeah, so. Yeah. Worse than that. A okay. Lot. My brother used to – my you know, like the, – the, I recently, like, did this tweet that just went absolutely berserk. And the, <laughs> the tweet was basically, like – I saw somebody had written like you know my English teacher said I'd never be an author and now I have a book in the in the you know New York Times bestseller list. So right. I replied, um, my stepmother used to say that I was going to be a janitor. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, live in a basement and play guitar for the rats. I wrote a song about her. It's called Little Miss Can't Be Wrong, and it's been played on the radio three million times. <laughs> what so a great tweet. Man. I'm like flipping around, and um, you know. Flipping around, and I see a reply to the tweet, and I go back, and like five minutes later, there's like fifteen hundred likes. You yeah, know? and I was like, "This is just gonna, you know, I'm gonna yeah. get ten thousand likes on this or something <laughs> like that." And I ended up being like a hundred and fifty-five thousand oh likes. Wow! But you I know, got like well, <laughs> I got you know fifteen thousand new followers, and like it 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 really went nuts. So yeah, my my uh, my dad's ex-wife, uh, my brother used to sleep with a machete under his bed. Whoa! Yeah. Really? Like, yeah, murder was on the table. Which, know? by the like, way, after I saw this tweet, I went and read the lyrics, and now I get it. 
Yeah. So, so, so yeah, I'm sorry. So she, he sleeps with a... Uh, yeah, if you go machete. through those lyrics, like, the, you know, apart from doing brain surgery with a mon- monkey wrench, that's metaphorical. Yeah. She didn't actually have... There wasn't actually a gong. <laughs> the gong is metaphorical. But okay. she, like, you know, ain't nobody at the back door going to throw my laundry out. Like, she, if we blocked the laundry, she called it blocking the laundry, she'd take our clothes and just, like, throw them out the front door. Uh, you have to, like, go get what your a, clothes and a wash freaking them nightmare. Did she know I, the song was about her? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. The last time I saw her, she was standing. I was getting my stuff. Blues Traveler was was helping me move to New York City. I lived with the Blues Traveler in New York City. So they're in this, like, station wagon. I'm picking my stuff up. My stepmom is standing on the front steps with, like, cold cream on her face and a terry cloth robe with her hair <laughs> out to here, <sighs> screaming that I was going to die in a gutter so loud that, like, the veins were, like, standing out on her forehead and, like, her, like... The tendons in her neck yeah. were, like, straining. And I, I I, used to get this picture of her. She used to kick my door down at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning and, like, scream at me. And, like, I used to get this picture of her lungs, like, turning inside out and coming out of her mouth. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, when you're a little kid and you're just yeah, like, I, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. You get these, you go to this, like, weird place where you're just, like, floating above yourself and thinking weird things. I used to picture, yeah, I used to picture, like, you know, her eyes popping out. because She was just, like, screaming at me. So hard. That's terrible. Yeah. So uh, you well, know, you but a don't great song out of don't it, get so. yeah. Don't don't you know? Don't get mad. Write a hit song. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's sort <laughs> of know? it's sort of anthemic for any, make a million bucks and lose it in a dot com crash. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> anyone who's ever been told they can or has ever been browbeaten by somebody like this. But it, so that age, you were you lived in Australia for a little while, did you not? I did. Yeah, but I, I lived in Australia from like eight to twelve. Okay. How did so? Your dad was in the military. My dad was in the Navy when I was born. And I have to stress, you know, like the first thing everybody's going to ask is like, what the hell was your dad doing right, right. Know, during all this? And I have to stress that my dad and I have a great relationship. And it was just a, like a really bad time for right. him as well. And like, you know, you just got to take my word for it. My dad's a great, great dude. <laughs> okay. You know, it was just a bad time. Well, so were you, what, was she in the picture while you were over in Australia? They met in Australia. Oh. They, moved, they moved back together um and uh yeah and she uh just uh she's you know she had some serious problems but so much pain led to such great art you know like it's so much heartbreak and and awfulness that you had to go through led to this incredible song that is a happy thing for a lot of people i think of art alex akis with uh you know oh yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. art's had a terrible time yeah Yeah. And, and and but he's i remember the first time we met him he was like you know he was just in a bad way and and then recently he's like he's a happy guy. Yeah. It's cathartic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. music provides a catharsis for you. When, when you wrote that, did you feel that? Um, or was it like I'm going to get this bitch back? Uh, no, it's you know, it's just a like a process. A you process. Know? Like, yeah. It's you don't like just exercise things like that with just one song. No, I hear you. Right. Yeah. You are well. What's What's interesting about it is the. The melody, it, it, everything's kind of happy and upbeat. You know, one of the things I'd like to just say is, like, you know, the Spin Doctors get this rap as kind of like a lightweight, happy-go-lucky band. Yeah. But, like, if you if you were, <laughs> if you go through our material, yeah. we got tunes like Refrigerator Car on, on Pocket Full of Kryptonite. That's about my stepmom as well. Mm. Um, and that's a dark tune. Yeah. Um, Shinbone Alley. Like, we we have, not only do we have songs that are musically pretty heavy, Quite heavy, but we also have like if you look at our lighter songs, a lot of them are like really dark lyrics with happy music. If no, I noticed that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Speaking of getting a reputation, um, what did you think about when uh, Deadpool mentioned you guys 
Oh, uh, man, as, I as, loved that. Did you love it? <laughs> I loved that. Yeah, I mean, you know, to, the way I look at it is, like, if you're enough in the, like, zeitgeist, you know, <laughs> you're in a movie, you know, like that. Like, actually, I somebody was like, because I don't know, I don't know Deadpool from, well, like, anything. For those who may not know, the quote was like, uh, cancer is an S-show. It's like Yakov Smirnov opening for the spin doctors at the Iowa State fa- Fair <laughs> S-show. Something along yeah, those yeah. lines. So. And I'm, like, watching the movie because... Somebody was like, "Hey, you guys got mentioned in Deadpool." To, to me, that was like two two random syllables. Like, yeah. I don't know what Deadpool. You know what I mean? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know Deadpool from yeah. uh, you know a hole in the ground. So, so later on, I'm like watching this movie with uh, what's his name, the the main guy, um, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Watching this Ryan Reynolds. Like, this movie's hilarious. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like. He mentions the name of my band, and I'm just like, what? And so, you know, I'm watching it on TV. I didn't see it in the movie theater. You know, I'm watching it on TV, and um, I pause it. You know, I got, it, like, the DVR thing. I rewind it, uh-huh. and I actually did a, um, I did, like, a, you know, I filmed the uh, the TV uh-huh. and him saying it, and then I turned the phone around to myself, and I'm like, oh, damn! And, uh, and, like, and I, you know, I, I tweeted it. Joke, yeah. I tweeted it, and I tagged Ryan, and Ryan liked it. So I was like, oh, okay. here's the clip. No, the cancer is a show like a yak off smirnoff opening for the spin doctors at the iowa state fair show and i'm not going to take you to that show <laughs> oh my god yeah no that was that was classic i mean you know like i you know my philosophy is like take what you do seriously but don't take yourself seriously. No. You know what I mean? It's the like, road to ruin. Yeah. I, you know, I, I play guitar for like four hours a day. I yeah. take voice lessons. I take guitar lessons. You know, I try and stay in good shape. You know what I mean? I take, mm-hmm. I take what I do seriously. But I, I'm like, I, I get it. You know, like I'm that dude in a funny hat that people saw on television. And I don't need people to know. That's not a know. funny hat. I like that hat. Yeah, I love yeah. that hat too. Yeah. It did define you. But you know what I mean? Like I, I know I know what I can do. I know like I'm a good singer. I know right. I'm a good writer. I know I'm in a good band. And if like people think I'm like, you know, some people think I'm silly, like that's fine. I don't care. Okay. At least they're thinking about you. Yeah, at yeah. least they're thinking about me. That leads me to the question about, you know, bands and, and you're, you're amongst great company who who have this wonderful success, millions of records, tours. World is your oyster. You're the you're the toast of the of the the industry for a while, and then that goes away. Yeah, um, is that hard to deal with? Um, because you know the percentage is very small. The bands who really, really go the distance, yeah, and stay relevant for a long, long time. Not that you guys aren't relevant, because your music still gets played today, right? But I mean, current, uh, you know, writing new songs and things like that don't go where they used to, right? Is is that how, how do you process that? That's a great, great question. You know, I I lost my voice a couple years ago. You sort of had it, kind of initially brought upon you with that right i mean that that kind of tests your metal to have that yeah i you, lost my you, voice twice i lost it i mean like, like lost right it lost it right yeah, I, I couldn't even talk like you, i could you, only whisper was it the, like just before the second album's coming out it was third album third album yeah you wake up one morning nothing nothing and it, you're scheduled to go out on tour yeah so cancel the tour kind of cancel the career a little bit yeah and um i had um i had a kid around then too so i just kind of like concentrated on raising my kid and um and i lost my voice again in 2015 and i kind of just took a break from music for a little while and i started taking chess lessons because i was really into chess as a kid wow and i had this like really cool chess teacher's name was rahim 
and he was from Morocco, had like a PhD in physics, and you know he was showing me like some stuff on a chessboard, and he was like, um, in physics, every system has a uniform amount of energy. And I'm like, okay, where's this going? Right? He was like, <laughs> yeah. you move this pawn forward, right? And now this pawn is protected by these other two pawns, and it's protecting this knight. But these squares are now weak. So you strengthen this thing, but other parts of the board are becoming weak. And I was like, oh, it's yeah. a metaphor <laughs> for life. Yeah. So, like, you know, like, I, it, back then, I was selling 50,000 records a week, right? I mean, I found out that we were making money, like, because I went to an ATM machine. Instead of having 40 bucks in there, there was, like, 1,500 bucks. It's like, yeah. bank error. Cool. Right. Go back another day or two later, it's 5,000 bucks in there. Go back another couple of days later, 15,000 bucks. A couple more days later, 50,000 bucks. I call up, like, you know, our manager. I'm like, yeah. what is happening? It's like, you know, you're finally, like, getting paid. But... During that period of time, right, when I could buy anything I wanted to and, like, you know, I could just, like, do anything. And, sure. And, like, it would be big. Um, you know, I'd walk into a, a, a mall to buy, like, a pair of underwear and 300 kids would, like, surround me. And I'd be in the mall for, like, six hours just signing autographs, you know, because people would see, like, you know. And not that, you know, I I love fans after every show, I generally just go out into the crowd and, like, talk to people and sign stuff until everybody's had their stuff signed and stuff. But, like, you know, it's a toll not being able to go into a restaurant and just, like, sit down and have, like, an intimate dinner with – so with your – a loved one or something yeah. like that. You know, it's, it's, it's even harder on the people that love you because they haven't – you've – like, I see that as my responsibility. I have, like, this – you know, it's, I call it the holy covenant of the ticket. You know, <laughs> these people buy my records. They come out to shows. It's my like, it's my sacred duty to be ready to go on when the show time <laughs> hits. Somebody comes up. You know, I got, I have like, I got eye contact. I have like real contact for people because I believe that I owe that to them. What do you? Well, let me ask you. What do you think? Do you think? And I, I always look at these sort of things as I, I'm a big proponent of. Um, Letting life be fluid and getting out of the way of it. You know, just, just let, sometimes things are meant to happen. Yeah. And in a way, per, perhaps that was, you know, in the, in, in your life chess game, that, that was meant to refocus you, you know, so that you weren't, do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Did, have you ever yeah, entertained yeah. the notion it, things Absolutely. could have gone awry had you been on a runaway train that was, a, you know. You know, I was 20 years old and like just, you know, living this this life where, you know, a lot of really intense stuff was going my way. Right. And um Did you feel it getting away from you a little bit? No, but I felt like I felt like I'd never really I, that I was losing touch with like what it was like yeah. just to like live a life, you know. Then I had a kid, you know, so I'm like elbow deep in like poop and diapers. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And like I go from being like this lead singer sleeping until noon to like looking at this little kid in a crib at four o'clock in the morning who's like crying and being like, wow, it's not about me at all. Yeah. You know, and um, and so now I'm 51 years old. I wake up in the morning, you know, and when I on a show day, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning to catch a plane or something like that. But on the days that I don't have a show, you know, I wake up when I want to. I make some really strong coffee. I <laughs> sit down with a guitar, you know, and I just play guitar all morning mm -hmm. and like. If you're not grateful for that, yeah, then 
just, there's something wrong with you. You know what okay. I mean? Like, like I, I, um, I, I, like I said, you know, every system has a uniform amount of energy. So, like, you, you can make a lot of money, but that sucks. Uh, you know, I still make a very comfortable living. And I set out in this thing to be a great musician and to be a great singer, to, like, learn more and more about music and to play better and better guitar and, um, and to make a comfortable living playing playing music and not having to do anything else, and I, and I've you know everything that's happened has afforded me that. Speaking of making a living, uh, I think I asked, uh, I think it was Dee Snyder the same question. Uh, but uh, if you write a, a, a nice big fat song and it still gets played for years and years, you know the boy, the movie about a boy, so he makes a living yeah, off yeah, his dad's yeah, yeah. Christmas <laughs> song that he wrote. Yeah. Uh, you, you can still uh, you can still make a living off of a, a hit song for many many years. Correct? I get a nice check every Good. quarter. You know, yeah, that's cool. And yeah. you can li- you could live off the residuals from the original Spin Docs. I mean, not you know, not in the style. You know, I live in New York City. Right, yeah, like I have an apartment. There's no taxes yeah, there. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I got to work. You know, I got to yeah, like, go out. I got to yeah. get out on the road. I yeah. got to play music. It, they say it takes ten like big hits to be able to just live off of do whatever you want and not have to do okay. anything. But see, I don't I don't like I don't want to just do nothing. I want to like yeah. I want to play. But the, the songwriting process is important to you. You you talked about going on a, like a sort of a I was reading an interview with you going on a like a journeyman's you know course of writing of just as you're talking before just keep writing. Just keep writing songs. Just yeah. keep writing. And and uh, and you enjoy that. I love it. I come at I'm a, I come at songwriting from like a creative stand creative writing standpoint. Yeah. Um, I've always had a talent for <laughs> like seventh grade English class, and our uh, I had this amazing English teacher Eugene Doherty, who's a World War II veteran, lost his arm at Iwo Jima. It was like having um, Ernest Hemingway and John Wayne teaching you English, <laughs> and uh, he explained what a simile was to us. He was like, "Can somebody give me an example of a simile?" And I put my hand up. I'm like 12 years old, and I'm like, in the distance. A bell tolls like a lonely sentinel of a happier time. And he goes, is that Faulkner? And I'm like, no, I just made it up. And, he, and he'd read everything. So he like tilted his eyes up into his head and thought about it for a second. And he was like, oh, very good, Mr. Barron. Uh, <laughs> you know, for, for a kid like, to blurt that I've out? been writing my, my ass off since I was like wow. a kid. You yeah. know, I, like, and, and so the music, the writing, you know, that's what it's all about. For me, and if I can make a comfortable, and and I, it's also really important for me to make a comfortable living doing it. Sure. But I don't need to be famous or yeah. any okay. of that stuff. Well, you got your guitar. You gonna play something for us? Yeah, you guys want to hear? Um, want to hear Little Miss Cave? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Now yeah. That we know the story. <laughs> it's so much more uh, impactful. Is this too close to you? That no, that's right? great. All right, cool. All right, yeah. cool. All right, if you're just tuning in, uh, it's Chris Barron, Spin Doctors, who's here, <laughs> going to be playing a Sellersville Theater coming up September 22nd. So. Whenever you're ready, Chris. All right. Um, It goes almost exactly like this. I 
worship on one man made her Hercules I said, but no way I've been a whole lot easier since the pitch is gone A little miss, little miss, little miss can't be wrong Little miss, little miss, little miss can't be wrong Ain't nobody gonna burn no more when you sound you're gone Little miss, little miss, little miss can't be Another one that needs their rock and roll song Other people start to ain't you hand me downs Or would it be so bad to simply turn right and around Or you could show well up all nice and French or you do your brain sort of tell mama with your monkey ranch I hope them cigarettes are gonna make a cough. I hope you have this song and the piss you off. I keep that back on, good doing fine. And if I had a dollar, I might give you 99. Little miss, little miss, little miss, can't be wrong. Ain't nobody gonna burn no more when the sound is gone. Little miss, little miss, can't be wrong. What you gonna do? Get to another one of these, yeah, rock and roll songs. Spin Doctors, 93.3 WMMR. I hear that song completely different now. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It, really, it really changes the... Uh, you know, I always thought it would be really cool to have, um, like, a female artist cover that. I always thought it could be, like... Yeah, big, who would you yeah. pick? Who would you pick? I don't know. Like, I, like, like um... Oh, uh, man. What's her name? Alison really, Krauss. The, well, that would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Is she current? Young? Older? Um, you what know, you she of? won like one of those um, talent show things, and now she's huge. She uh, really pretty uh, country. Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood. Yeah, I okay. She yeah. might have, yeah. yeah. She's got yeah, some she pipes. How about me, like, not remembering Carrie Underwood? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lead singer, so I'm just not particularly yeah. interested in things that don't pertain directly to me. You know? <laughs> did you, um... She wasn't referenced in Deadpool, so. <laughs> yeah. 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 You are. Uh, did you write that song for Spin Doctors, or did you write it for the uh, Dead Alcoholics with Boners? <laughs> Dead alcoholics with boners. Yeah. Um, I just read that in your we Wikipedia. Only, the dead alcoholics only 
had one um, original song. Okay. Well, and it was the, the absolutely name. obscene. <laughs> I'm not even going to say the title of it. Oh, really? If it's worse than Dead Alcoholics I could make a lot of, uh, you know, I'm just getting on. I'm just, like, making a few extra followers and stuff. Anyway, um, no, it was, it, yeah, I wrote it, I wrote it, um, I wrote it while the spin doctors were together. Okay. Like, I was, like, 21 or something. Whenever. I wrote Two Princes when I was 19. Wow. Jesus. Wow. And Jimmy Olsen's Blues? When was that? Was 19. 19. I okay. started Jimmy Olsen's Blues when I was 18. I was sitting, uh, I, I had a, I went to Bennington in Vermont. We had, like, a work term, super liberal arts kind of school. Right. So we had a work term. You're supposed to get an internship. So I got an internship at a radio station in, um, in Providence, Rhode Island. And, um... I uh, was staying with some buddies at Brown University, and um, I came up with this. Ro- I was totally broke, right? So I came up with this ruse to get f- to get food, which was I would go into the 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 rats the rat they call it the rat skeller. Oh yeah, every mm-hmm. college has had rat skellers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. rat skeller. And um, I stole, I liberated um, <laughs> an apron, and I would put this apron on, and I would walk through the kitchen, and then I would go out into like the general area, and take the apron off, and put it in a backpack, and just eat. And I'm essentially like an honest person. Like I did yeah. not feel good about that. Like, you know, so I'm sitting there feeling kind of crappy, them. eating my ill-gotten, yeah. you know, um, uh, <laughs> ass on a shingle. Yeah. And um, and um, this young woman comes in and sits down, you know, at a table away from me, and she looked like Lois Lane. So I'm thinking, like, the songwriter mind is like, okay, if like she's Lois Lane, I'm definitely not Superman. So mm-hmm. who am I? I was. Oh, I'm um, Jimmy Olsen, and it wasn't a particularly good song at first. Like it kind of, you know, it, it was like it was Lois Lane. Please put me in your plan. Like that <laughs> line was in there, but it kind of didn't, you know, didn't really do anything for me. And I came across it in a notebook like a year later, and was like, "Oh, this is a good idea." So I started working the idea, and I I came up with the like, "Come on downtown and stay with me tonight. I've got a pocket full of kryptonite." <laughs> You know, I'm like 19 Boom. years old. I'm like 19 years old, and I got this electric feeling in my toes. Like, wow, that's like really good. Yeah, you know, like that. I got a song now, and that's you know, you're writing a song, and you kind of hit this. You know, you come up with something where the song like reveals itself to you. You know, you have to kind of just keep working it and working it and being like, what do you want from me? Like, what do you want to be? What are you? Right. And it'll like kind of reach out of the notebook and tell you sometimes. And then it's cool. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to go back, because we mentioned him real quick, uh, John Popper. Um, and, you know, and I, w- I was talking about the grunge scene and how, you know, there was this whole uh, group that came out of that, not just Seattle area, but but had that, that similar kind of vibe. And, and all of a sudden they started to... Uh, to form and and take uh, take shape and and to uh, affect uh, music, and you guys were in a similar situation with uh you know the Horde group. Yeah. Uh, John Popper was actually a part of Spin Doctors in a different sense. That some of the members were jammed together, had like a little side project. Yeah. Um. Actually, the way the Spin Doctors came together was you know back when John was a young guy, you knew if you got John into your band, like something was going to happen because the guy was just an absolute phenomenon. So he, John was doing Blues Traveler, but I was pestering John to do something. And then, like, Eric from the Spin Doctors, Eric Shankman, was also pestering John to take more of a, of a role in this, like, side project that the two of them had called the Trucking Company. Mm-hmm. And um, John just wanted to do the Blues Traveler. So he was like, you know, if I introduce, like, Chris 
and Eric, maybe they'll form a band and get <laughs> and off leave my back. Nice. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. That's great. And then Fish was in the mix there somewhere too, right? Didn't you guys all weren't you guys, you know tour buddies or something like that? Or we we were all from Princeton, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So like I played hockey against Trey Anastasio. I remember him just like knocking me on my ass, <laughs> like, looking up and being like, because he was the PDS, I was in like the local intramural thing. So like uh, he, you know, some guy with like just like red hair coming out of his helmet like, just <laughs> knocks me flat on my ass. He looks down at me, you know, like I'm like on my ass looking up at him and he like grins. He turns around and it's like Anastasio. I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get that. Forever guy. burned in your mind. He's a dead man. I just watched the, uh, it was a Trey Anastasio documentary um, between me and my mind. I just watched it and I, I had no idea that he was like that intensely involved in hockey and his dad was the coach and all that. But um, I also just read that uh, you and Trey and Mike were all hanging out together. Oh uh, yeah, we ended up at a um, at a premiere of this of um, this other great show. This show called The Other Josh Cohen in New York City. Okay, I didn't know they were going to be there. And um, but yeah, we're like you know we're 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 pals. You know, like we we don't we don't get to spend much time together. We all can you know, I be pals? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he wants to be a massive fish fan. Yeah, I have no idea. I sat in front of Trey. Mar- I mean, uh, uh, Tom Marshall and Trey's dad at the the. Last Fish concert. You know, if anybody listening is a Fish fan, (laughs) you'll be happy to hear that they are the nicest, coolest, oddball guys that you would ever want to meet. They really are just lovely, lovely human beings. And so people talk about their lyrics and how they're just like, you know, they make no sense. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, a lot of them don't. and and, And some of those lyrics were just designed to make each other laugh. Yeah. Or, or you know, like I was listening to you enjoy myself, and and it's a, the lyric is is Italian, and it was something that made them laugh when they were in Europe. Yeah, you know that that the Italian like cab driver or whatever said to them, and it was something that cracked them up, and they put it into a song. Yeah, and so yeah, they yeah I I, I love that I love yeah, that about them. They have a very different like philosophy about lyrics than mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. I had heard similar things about you as far as how nice and approachable and everything you were and you're and you're and you're living up to it. You're yeah, I'm, a, I'm a goddamn delight to you. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking awesome. Well listen, I'll, I'll give you a, a connection that you have with Steve. Steve has uh, ten cats oh, that he owns. Yeah. You got ten cats? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Oh my god, you're so Do lucky. you live in a house? Uh, yeah, 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 I'm not out on the street. I yeah, can't yeah. stop looking at your Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. You're a cat yeah like for your listeners who, who yeah. Aren't familiar with my Twitter account? Like I am basically the king of hashtag Catterday. Catterday, yeah. All Saturday long. I, you know, it's funny how that happened because my my uh, my cat. Um, I had this great picture of my cat Gus. He died last summer, but you know, a couple years ago, I just had this great picture of him. And I'm on a train, and I'm like, I need a hashtag for this one. So I literally, I actually went like, um, you know how like Twitter will just give you hashtags, you know? So I was like. C A T A C A T B, and this is like you know this is the kind of obsessive like you know personality that that like you end up being like a guitar player and a musician and a guy right. who writes like obsesses over every word in a song. So I got all the way to you. you. I got all the way to it is C A T U and it was like Catterday and it happened to be Saturday. I was like, are you kidding me, Catterday? So like I just tweeted this picture of my cat Gus. And, um, and like, it was another one of these things where, like, I open up my feed and it's, like, 50 people had sent me, had answered with pictures of their cats. So I just started retweeting people's, like, cat pictures. (laughs) And 
honest to God, like I I tweet like probably a couple hundred pictures. I, I know I've been every going Saturday, them. and then at the end of the day, I'm like. I'm like I only tweet millions of pictures of cats on on, on Saturday. Saturday yeah. Please don't unfollow me. <laughs> and like I always get like a bunch of responses like never. I, it's so, crazy though. Uh, the, you, you throw up an animal picture. That's if you look at my my Instagram and Twitter, there is a tremendous amount of cat pictures. Yeah. It's just it's just the nature of the of the I beast. Literally, really do try to keep it to. <laughs> Saturday. Just Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of the week, it's otters and, uh, right. you know, other <laughs> Any animal that's available. You know, a bunny and a bunny yeah. and, a, and a peacock that are right. friends. And There's a donkey matter. one on here, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love donkeys. Well, listen, unfortunately, we got to wrap things up, but Chris, we appreciate hey, you coming by. Thanks yeah. so much. I hope, oh, listen, yeah. can I just say one more thing to yeah. your listeners? Mm-hmm. Um, September 22nd, Sellersville Theater. There's like a not a lot of tickets left, so you want to jump on it if you want to come okay. to the show. Great theater, and, and also um, Jeffrey Gaines is by the please, way one of our friends. Yeah. Please, like if you want to do it, if you want to come to the show, just do me a personal favor and go buy your ticket now because like it'll really the other guys in the band it'll like super frost their cake. <laughs> okay, if I like if I go on the radio and like just sell out the rest of the show, like they'll just be like, oh man, Chris. Uh, all right. So, we love right. to help out. Absolutely. Yeah. I sure would appreciate that. And you can get them through theater.st94.com for the Sellersville Theater. But uh, thanks, man. It's great to, great to see you hey, this morning. Hey, guys, thanks it. so much. MMR, man. I'm big heroes of mine. All awesome. Of you guys. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Chris Barron, yeah. Doctor on MMR. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. MMR's Jackson broadcasts live backstage. It's for the likes of Metallica, Guns N' Roses, and MMR So true, Jackson. Once a year, he goes from backstage to the backyard. Enter now for Jackson to bring the party to your place Friday, August 30th. Enjoy your four hours of fame as Jackson broadcasts live. And he'll probably use your bathroom. Hadfield Meats fully supplies the grill. The MM Army stocks the fridge with cold brews and brings the music to prime your weekend. Go to WMMR.com and tell us why your backyard rocks. Include a photo so we know what we're getting into. Jackson's Backyard Broadcast. Presented by Hatfield Meats. Look for their bold new bacon packaging. Simply Hatfield. And 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. All right, so we need to do a quick bizarre file, so we're going to do that now. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. And this morning it is brought to you by Drexel University. Gain confidence in the online classroom with Drexel University's test drive from September 9th through the 13th. And you'll experience what it's like to study online at Drexel. Sign up today at drexel.edu slash test drive. Well, a customer used a smoldering dollar bill to pay at a McDonald's drive-thru, burning a worker. <laughs> Police were called on Sunday. The employee reported a customer came through the drive-thru and gave her a burnt dollar bill. And after taking the money, the employee realized the dollar bill was still on fire. And she was burned on the palm of her left hand while it happened. Don't they specifically ask you to put the fire out on your they do. money? Uh, the employee refused medical treatment, and police are investigating the incident and said no further information would be released at this time, but they're looking for the flaming dollar bill person. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. A woman told Bowling Green, Kentucky police that a man at Sugar Maple Square 
was naked, turned towards her, and shook his body, making his penis shake around. Hmm. Was he shaking or doing helicopters? I think he was shaking. I think he was doing the flap, flap, flap. Okay, yeah. Oh. Hey, look at that. Uh, look at that there, huh? The same woman also said the man walked into... Isn't a, Kentucky great? A coin-operated laundry nude. A small child was present when uh, police made contact with Daryl Morgan. He told police that he didn't know why he took off his clothes. He said he becomes sexually aroused. Yeah, he was doing this. See, that would hurt. Uh, he becomes sexually aroused from exposing himself. Uh, one day prior to this arrest... Wait, is it, he became sexually aroused from exposing himself? Yeah. Oh, okay. Some people, it, that turns them on. Okay. I, what, it, it's like a chicken or an egg thing. Which it's exciting, yeah. yeah. One day prior to this arrest, he was cited on a public intoxication charge and treated at a local hospital. Morgan said when he was released from the hospital, he hid in a dumpster. <laughs> Uh, Morgan's, There's been some bad life decisions here. Morgan's roommates told police that he has been naked on previous occasions. Uh, numerous people were at Sugar Maples during the Friday incident, and he was charged with second-degree incision uh, exposure and second-degree disorderly conduct. I just like shaking my junk. I guess he does. Uh, let's see. How about this? Most teens dream of doing something absolutely epic before going off to college. Madeline Hendricks and Braden Dirt. Uh, Dirksy made a that dream a reality by water skiing across Lake Michigan. Wow. Hendricks, who was 18, and uh, Dirksy, who was 17, of Ootsburg, Wisconsin, have been friends their whole lives, and they wanted to share one more memorable experience before Hendricks left for freshman year. Well, yeah, you made Ootsburg proud. And <laughs> with your activity today, it was a Impressive. And skiing has been a part of their life uh, since they were young kids. And in, in fact, Hendricks uh, spends her day skiing up to eight miles just for fun. So pushing in the extra miles to go on uh, one state over was one way to make one of her hobbies have a unique purpose. So the plan to take the 62-mile journey. 62 oh. miles water skiing. Uh, didn't come together overnight. This expedition required significant planning to ensure that the teens made it safely. They uh, closely monitored the weather to pick the best day, which was a top priority. The skiers... And both tow boats were fitted with two-way radios and headsets. Uh, the boats also had GPS navigation, flares, and marine radio, fully charged cell phones. So at about 5 a.m. on August 10th, with a crew consisting of the, the fathers and younger siblings and a family friend, they set out uh, from Ootsburg, or Oostburg. Uh, for, which one is it? For, is Oostburg. Okay. For Silver Lake Park, Michigan. Despite the meticulous planning, the pair faced some unexpected challenges. In the middle of the lake was nothing but like a, it was like a washing machine, she said. I triple-checked the weather and the wind conditions on seven different sources, and Saturday's forecast was the bet. Yet, despite, my, despite all my research and experience and how beautiful it was near the shore, I was surprised with how much chop it was still in the middle of the lake. But they made it. Oh, you know those big lakes, Preston, especially oh the, the big one they call like Gitchigumi? The yeah, yeah. yeah. No, honestly, Lake Michigan and so forth can be like, like an ocean. the ocean. Yes, Waves crashing in, the whole damn deal. So after skiing for two and a half hours, the longtime friends made it to the other side. Making Oostberg Oost- proud. And Hendrick said, if I can ski across Lake Michigan, I can do anything. Mm. Not right. really. Not really, yeah. but it's still yeah. pretty cool. It's, right. it's impressive. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you this morning. All right. Steve and Kathy are very excited this morning. Yes. There are resident <laughs> 90210 heads. I know. And, uh, and you guys have been watching the, uh, the, the reboot. I have. Yeah. Uh, 9 p.m. on Fox is when you'll find that Wednesday. So that is on tonight. And uh, we're all set to go. Our next guest is ready, ladies and gentlemen, from Beverly Hills 90210. Jenny Gore. Hey. Good morning, Jenny. 
Hey. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey. Uh, so we're so happy to have you on, but two two here fanatical fans, <laughs> Steve and Kathy, have been with you since day one and are still with you. Aww. So I'm going to let them handle all of this. Well, uh, go ahead, Kathy. No, I was just going to say, I saw a video of you and Tori Spelling talking about your favorite moments um, on the show, you know, back when it originally aired. And I cracked up when uh, you said what yours was because it was such a short uh, a short comment. Do you remember what you said? No. It was, it was the, the, the line that you picked was, I choose me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was when... That was you, your favorite of, moment? That, no, no, it was her favorite moment. Okay. And it's, it was when she was choosing between uh, um, Brendan and... Brandon and Dylan, yes. Oh, there choose you go. Well, you me. have to make the right decision. You have to choose me. You're, you're expressing <laughs> empowerment. Now, I have to ask you, Jenny, because... Yes. So we're watching the, the show... And and a lot of critics and a lot of fans I know have been commenting on it's it's sort of like a meta approach to the show. So you're sort of playing you, the real people, uh, who you are, riffs on your own life. And I have to say, Kathy and I have been talking about this. It's been a little hard to get a hold on just exactly what it is. Have you been hearing that a lot back from fans of the show? Because I think a lot of people, it's been hard to adjust to. It, we do. We get some feedback like that. Um, but that's good. We want people, you know, it's not bad to confuse people a little bit because it's intriguing. Um, the idea was that, you know, we've been asked over the years to do a reboot. Uh, nobody kind of ever came together to make that happen. And now uh, the audience is so, like, advanced. There's so much out there for everyone to watch that we wanted to give them not just a straight reboot and go back and play the same characters, but we wanted to give it a twist, a modern twist, and make people think. Uh, So this is a show about this group of friends coming back together, the group of friends that played the characters on the original show. And this is them coming back together, kind of like a high school reunion with all of the different dynamics of the group. And then uh, they get together over the course of the six episodes to potentially make a reboot. Yeah, so it's so it, that's their goal. Yeah, and and so what? What I, the first night? I remember after the first episode aired, I came and I said to Kathy, you know, we were trying to figure out what the hell was going on. And then and then I said, what what impressed me is that you've taken sort of warts and all of your various lives and made that part of the show. So you're addressing things that were actually. You know, mm-hmm. that have been not scandals, but things that have been reported and things that yeah, everyone's sort of gone through and, and made that part of the character. So it seems on one level very candid. And yet there are sort of pretend, you know, Brian Austin Green's married to someone who's sort of like a Beyonce character. We know he's married to, to Megan Fox. So there's there's it's reality up to a point and then it becomes sort of scripted. Mm-hmm. And yet, in a way, there's a similar dynamic to what you had on the actual 90210 show. When the show first started off, you had it. We thought we were going to get an actual reboot, but it turned out just to be a dream sequence. Right. We wanted to give the original fans like you guys, yeah, the people that have stuck with us through all of the years, we wanted to give those fans that fan candy where they get to see Kelly and Donna <laughs> and Brandon. Um you know, but we also wanted to have fun with it and not try to like you know put those pants back on and and I, it just wouldn't have worked. So we wanted to do it in a more progressive way and hopefully you know the original fans will get that stuff that they want. It's there's yeah. like little Easter eggs throughout every episode of original dialogue and original stuff that people will remember. And then we did we did embrace like people's perceptions of us as actors in the industry and just human beings like in our lives. 
we sort of embraced people's perception and sort of flipped it and used certain parts of that to create these characters. Who needed the most convincing to allow some of their uh, personal life to come out in the show? <laughs> uh, I think all of us along the way had moments <laughs> of like, oh, I don't know, is this... Is this too much? I don't know. But, you know, just getting through it together and collaborating uh, as a whole. We're all executive producers on the project, so we're all able to really get in there and sort of mold these characters and have a lot of sort of say in what we're doing, which is really great. I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, the fact that you would do that, I was like, man, this is pretty – whatever happens and however this ends up playing out, the fact that you get out there and just say, yeah, I know, like with with Tori Spelling's talking about – you know, the perception that the, you know, mm-hmm. her, her mom withheld money and their money was tight and blah, 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 blah. That keeps, that's brought up. But what, what sort of threw me for a loop is Gabrielle Cateris, I guess, uh, by Curious now. Uh, and and uh, you know, all, all of that's to your chuckling because, you know, it's like, where the hell did that come from? So uh, to see all it's that. so fun. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, so in a way, I was like, I mean, initially we're like, we're like, I don't know about this. But as I've watched it more, I have to say, OK, this is like some big, bizarre lab experiment. And I, I'm, I, I'm uh-huh. on board, you know, so uh, I, I know the ratings have been great for it. It is been really well perceived critically which is something that i was really that's what i wanted was people to grasp the concept and and embrace it because it's not been done before and sometimes when things haven't been done before people don't know what to think but you know this time next year there'll probably be three other shows in production with the same sort of uh, weird format um and but Hopefully people like our show and understand that it is like a medley. It's like a vegetable medley. Well, I was I, I was glorious. sort of prepared because Fred Savage has that show where he's – it's supposed to be a, a faux talk show based on a show that doesn't exist. And, and you guys made an appearance on that. And so I, huh. I was watching with my wife. And I said, okay, oh, I guess this is – it's not going to be a straight-up reboot. So I sort of knew what to expect going in. But – um, it, uh, but you, you guys are executive producers, so we have the six episodes. Uh, what's the status? Is there going to be an, another extension of episodes, or is it is it just the one, six, and done? We have a lot of stories to tell. I mean, obviously, <laughs> with the with the collab and the creation of even just like Gabrielle's storyline of, of, of you know exploring her sexuality later in life. There's so many stories that we want to tell because. That's the fun of it is like, you know, using real stuff from our real lives, real stuff from the original show, totally fabricating and creating different things. And it's it's endless. So we don't know if there's going to be more Uh, at this point. We haven't ironed all of that out, but, um, you know, we're open to it. We'll see. Hey, uh, Jenny, I was just reading, and apparently this was just announced, but you and Tori are going to be doing a, a live tour in November. You're going to be in and around our area, not right in Philadelphia, but Atlantic City and Reading, just outside these areas. What What's that show all about? We, uh, Tori and I are best friends in real life. That's, you know, the whole concept and creation of this BH90210 came from our friendship and our desire to be working together. Um, and so this is just another opportunity. She and I are doing a tour where we're uh, playing theaters and we're inviting all of our fans and our friends to come in and hang out with us and have like, you know, a, a night out and nothing's off the table. We're going to talk about stuff. We're going to play games. We're going to 
laugh. We're going to drink. It's going to be so much fun. You've well, got to come. Well, if you see a, a okay. big ball guy who looks like a serial killer, that, that, that that's me. Yeah, don't be afraid. Audience. That's so, Steve. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. hopefully you guys can stop by the studio to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, if you're in the area, I don't know how this could. Yes. Yeah, it'd be cool. November 22nd in Atlantic City and uh, Reading the night before in the 21st. So, uh, And you can go to Jenny Live Tour. Jenny uh, ToryLive.com and uh, get the ticket information. But that should be fun. That's cool. All right. Well, listen, we know you're busy. You're getting the word out to other people, but we wanted to uh, thank you for calling in and remind people that uh, Beverly Hills 90210, Wednesday, 9 o'clock on Fox tonight. You'll be able to see it. So. BH, as they say. BH, yeah. I yeah, should yeah, say, yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks, Jenny. BH, Great to talk thanks, to you. Guys. You bet. Thanks for your Take care. <laughs> Jenny Garth, guys. Um, yeah, a live show. I did not know. And you know what else she's got? And I was going to mention, but I know she didn't have a whole lot of time. But um, Moose meat sandwiches. No, no. She has, like, Kathy's bitch box. She has a, a mom box. Oh, really? Yeah, she has a box subscription service. Oh, no way. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, oh, so. uh, hey, I do, too. Uh, I'm sorry. I got to get my Jenny Garth's box. Right. You got to get your stuff, too. All right, we're supposed to take a break. So we're doing yeah. all right, and coming back, we'll do our lesson question. When we get back, don't forget. Oh, I need a oh. Kathy secret <laughs> yeah. text word. I need a number 10. caller. Caller number 10 215 263 WMMR. Let's even know the secret text word. Give us a call. We'll come back and find all that out. Lesson question, trash music news. That stuff's on the way. We'll be right back. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, we have, I've been, you guys have been getting like severe weather alert. Yes, I have stuff this morning. Yeah, I haven't uh, had a chance to look at radar and see exactly where that stuff's popping up. But they have been calling with you know uh, storms potentially hitting isolated. But if they do hit, they can be severe. So just keep that in mind. Maybe, maybe tornado activity. We'll see this afternoon though some thunderstorms, um, which are going to be spread out. That should be the alert, actually, when you get your, on your tornado! phone. Tornado! <laughs> yeah. Tornado! Actually, no, you're right. <laughs> we that would set be that great. Out. Now, everybody remain calm. <laughs> tornado! <laughs> tornado! Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> That's your first Can alert. you give me the, oh, my God? Yeah. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Do we have the song? I love that song. I'll Casey find it while right. I'm getting a winner for the secret text word. Oh. So let me, let me do that now. And uh, we were looking for caller number 10. It's Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. Hi. Hey, uh, we need to know if you know the secret text word. Do you? I think I do. It's birthday. Birthday. That's exactly yeah! it. Yeah. <laughs> As in Marissa's birthday today. And, uh, Alyssa, hang on the line. We will get your information, and we are going to give you a pair of tickets as MMR Rocks Incubus, show number two at the Met Philadelphia on Monday, October 7th, celebrating 20 years of Make Yourself and Beyond. And uh, some tickets remain at Ticketmaster.com. Show number one is sold out, by the way. And I guess we'll grab a random text, and we'll find out who that is in a little while. But if you, if we... Did grab your name. Uh, we'll get in touch with him. Let you know if you were indeed the winner. And the winner just so happens to be it is Cheryl. Wow, how do you say that name? Niacin, I guess. N e i o s o. Is that a vitamin? Uh, uh, yes, B twelve. And she is from Ed 
Gewater Park. Edgy Water. Edgy Water Park. Ed Gewater Park. They're separated. <laughs> Could Edge, it be Edgewater Park? It, it is Edgewater Park, but I, I like Ed Geewater Park in New Jersey. Uh, this is for you, Nick. Oh, my God! Tornado! 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 And there you go. That's the tornado song. It reminds me of uh, in, uh, when it's going tornado and over. It's like, go Casey, go Casey, go Casey, go Casey. All right. Today's lesson question, if answered correctly, will net you a pair of tickets as MMR rocks Jim Jeffries. Saturday, October 5th at the Keswick Theater, the 10 p.m. show. So, question that I have for you this morning... Uh, is what are we gonna do here? I'm sorry, I didn't look at these. What kind of product does Gary Lauer endorse as a social influencer? <laughs> what? As a social influencer? He is a social influencer. That was from early this morning. Yeah. All right, what kind of produ- product does Gary Lauer endorse us as a social influencer? God, we still have to share that story about him that somebody sent us. We'll get to that in a little while. Let's see if you know the answer. Two one five two six three WMMR. You had to have heard it earlier this morning. If you did. Give us a buzz to see if you can get it. We're going to do the trash while you are calling. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you by Dunkin'. It's pumpkin season and Dunkin'. Enjoy the flavor of the season to its fullest with pumpkin flavor coffee, donuts, and more. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time only. Participation may vary. What's up, Steve? Well, the heat is definitely on for Miley Cyrus and Caitlin Carter, who are described as basically having sex in a West Hollywood club over the weekend. In fact, one club patron said there was a point where it looked as if Cyrus was giving birth to Carter's wrist. Oh, my God. 85-year-old Larry King announcing he's divorcing his seventh wife, Sean Southwick King. While Sean is distraught over the split, she says it will be nice to have sex with men who don't consider protection to be a diaper. <laughs> and finally, Chrisley knows best star Todd and Julie Christie. Uh, Chrisley, learning that they might be looking at five years in federal prison if found guilty of the indictments against them. Todd Chrisley is reportedly so terrified of the possibility of spending time behind bars of big, sweaty, muscular prisoners that he had his anus bleached. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trip. All right, we'll see if uh, we can locate a winner this morning with our uh, lesson question. Um, what kind of product does Gary Lauer endorse as a social influencer? And I will go to Joe for the answer. Hey, Joe. Hey. Hey, Joe, what kind of uh, product does Gary Lauer endorse as a social influencer? Polygrip. Polygrip, yeah. 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 Joe, I love you. Hang on, Joe. We would have, uh, we would have also accepted jam. <laughs> uh, so Joe got it right, and we we're going to give him <laughs> a pair of tickets as MMR Rocks Jim Jeffries Saturday, October 5th, 10 p.m. The Keswick Theater in Glenside. Some tickets remain for the early late show at AXS.com. Let's do music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. I rip ass. (laughs) Wow. Cool. Cool. Brought to you by Chorus Photography, capturing all of your awkward family photos since 2007. 
Visit them at coursephotography.com. <laughs> Hell yeah, and in this moment, singer Maria Brink have both been added to the lineup of Ship Rocked 2020. Uh, Brink will perform her first ever solo piano lounge set as the Rock Music Cruise sets sail for its 11th year from February 1st through February 6th. Uh, the Carnival, Carnival Valor... Uh, we'll depart from New Orleans with stops in Key West, Cozumel, and, uh, yep, those are the two stops. Uh, Blink said in a statement, I am so excited to be doing Ship Rock this year and not only doing it again, but doing it all by myself this year. I think uh, it's going to uh, bring something so unique and special and different side of me that no one has seen before. Uh, Hell yeah, frontman Chad Gray said, uh, we're looking forward to living the castaway life, performing up close and personal for our fans and uh, hanging out with good friends in a more relaxed vacation-like environment. Uh, other bands appearing will be Hailstorm, Alter Bridge, Asking Alexandria, uh, Bad Flower of Mice and Men and more. And the Cruise's all-star band, the Stowaways, will feature members of Bush, Drowning Pool, Seven Dust, Fear Factory, Breaking Benjamin, Fuel, The Cult, Nothing More, Evanescence, and others. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. James Hetfield has donated his collection of 10 highly regarded custom cars to the Peterson Automotive Museum in Los Angeles. Additionally, he was named a founding member of the museum, an honor reserved for its most generous donors. Uh, His collection includes Voodoo Priest, based on a 37 Lincoln Zephyr, a 36 Auburn Roadster named Slowburn, a Delahaye-inspired 34 Packard named Aquarius. All these have names, by the way. Yeah. A 36 Ford uh, in bare metal called Iron Fist, mm. a purple 56 Ford F100 pickup truck, and three cars by custom fabricator Rick Dorr, uh, which are a 1948 Jaguar called Black Pearl, 52 Olds named Grinch, and a 53 Buick Skylark known as Skyscraper. Is this part of his collection or his whole collection? Uh, it says uh, his collection of 10 highly regarded custom cars, so wow. maybe okay. that's all of them. I'm not sure, Steve. Uh, the announcement was made at the museum's annual press conference. The Hetfield cars will go on display next February along with artifacts and memorabilia from he and Metallica's private collections. So, uh, Press, I had mentioned to you uh, like a 57 Chevy a couple of weeks ago. And you said that was your dad's favorite car. Yeah. So, at, at what point did car manufacturers, and this might be a dumb question, did they start um, to develop uh, different models of the cars? Like, you know... Was it just? Was there? have always been t- different models. Yeah, I know. okay. So, well, you're was saying... there ever a point in time where you just bought a Chevy? And you yeah, just, yeah. Instead yeah. of a Chevy Malibu, yeah, they, they were just made uh, instead you. of model. Okay, uh, that's a good question. I'm not okay. sure. I'm sure you could buy a Chevy truck or a Chevy car, right? But where they started giving them names for their different, like the Model T models, and, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. they may have just come out with you know Chevrolet may have just had a new car every year mm-hmm. as opposed to. A few different models at the same time. So that's yeah. a good question. Hmm. Not sure, um, but uh, maybe we can find out. Uh, let's see. Lumineers uh, have announced that their new film Three, Three, yeah, it's called Three, will premiere on September eighth at the Toronto International Film Festival, or it might be I I I. I don't know because it's, it's it's possibly I I I. It's three eyes. Preston, and... I saw the Lumineers, and you did as well. They opened for you too. At the link. Oh, yeah, I didn't show. I showed up after that. You showed up too late and I missed did. them completely. I did. Uh, the Kevin Phillips directed film is described as a visual exploration of the band's upcoming album of the same name. 
starring Anna Cordell, Nick Stahl, and Charlie Tan. Or Tahan. Tahan. <laughs> uh, Nick Stahl, we know. Yes. Uh, the 44-minute film was shot entirely in Portland, Oregon, and follows the working a working-class American family uh, that struggles with addiction over the course of three generations. The story was originally inspired by Lumineers vocalist Wesley Schultz's own real-life family members. Uh, the- three. <laughs> what? What's that? You know what that's from? Yeah. Three. Yeah, it's from the uh, Tootsie oh. Roll, Tootsie yes. Pop commercial. Oh. One, two, two. three. A three. Because he, he chews it. Yeah, he bites it. Three. Mr. Owl. Doesn't even have teeth. Uh, he's got a beak, beak though. A yeah. big, badass beak. Now, I know, but like a, an the owl The turtle chewing. makes a joke by, I never found out without biting. Do you remember that? Yeah. No. He says, shut up. You don't remember that? The whole not, the, not the turtle part. Okay. I never did have no teeth. It came before the... Uh, <laughs> I have a... Uh, Erectile dysfunction. <laughs> Before the owl. There he is. Really yeah, there's it right owl. there. Yeah. Oh, and he's wearing glasses. He goes, you should ask Mr. Howard. <laughs> and why aren't you wearing any clothes, kid? The kid's naked? <laughs> oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> oh, my God. The kid in the commercial <laughs> is naked. Yeah. He has no discernible clothing. Uh, he had a great idea for a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Drawn in the Tootsie Pop. Tootsie Rolls, Tootsie Pop. I used to love Tootsie Pops as a kid. Oh, my God. Oh, Tootsie Pop drops were the best. The raspberry ones were my favorite. Mm-hmm. You didn't see them that often. <laughs> I think I'll go okay, home now. <laughs> what happened? I think I'll go home now. <laughs> oh, the wheels are falling. It's the end of the show. I feel a little foresty. <laughs> Coming to vinyl is a five LP set on October 11th is Rush's Clockwork Angels Tour. Uh, the collection, which will sell for hundred basically $120, is pressed on 180-gram LP. It includes an etching on the flip side of the final album. The set comes packaged in two-piece telescope box with a full-color booklet and a code to download a high-definition digital version of the 2013 album. you have any interest in this or no? Because you, mm. you do have the uh, record player at home. I do. Uh, not really. Uh, I, I love this album, though. And uh, it's a it was a concept record. And it was the last full studio album they did. But uh, no, nah, I don't know. What the record. hell with it? Uh, but to hell with this. <laughs> it insults me that it's out there. <laughs> uh, the vinyl... <laughs> The vinyl set also features uh, the bonus tracks from the original releases, including a version of Limelight that the band recorded during soundtrack. That's all I have to say about that. That's right. <laughs> Eric Clapton's 1964 Gibson Firebird 1 guitar, made famous during his years with Cream, is being reproduced with the legendary model available now for pre-sale. Uh, the guitar, which sells for $8,000, will wow. be sold through Guitar Center and on GuitarCenter.com in the United States as well as through selected international Gibson dealers. Uh, the release of the Gibson Eric Clacton Firebird 1 uh, will launch simultaneously with the 2019 Crossroads Guitar Festival in Dallas, which is set for September 20th and 21st. That's all I have to say really? about yeah. that. And then one last story. A weekend of fish concerts oh! will go on as scheduled at a soccer stadium outside of Denver, but... No overnight camping allowed. How are they and, pulling that off? And the reason? The plague. Yes, the Black Death is the issue. The situation unfolding in the prairie dog colonies that surround Dick's Sporting Goods Park in Commerce City, Colorado, is a new issue they've never had to deal with. 
Fans have been dreading the announcement that Fish made Tuesday saying camping would not be permitted due to an outbreak of the plague (laughs) among the prairie dogs. Health officials in Colorado said Tuesday that the affected areas would remain closed through at least September 6th as officials continue to uh, insecticide treatment. They continue their insecticide treatments. Wow. There have been no human cases related to the prairie dog plague. Uh, Fish acknowledged the tremendous inconvenience this caused and offered a portal for plague refugees seeking a place to stay. The trouble started in early August when the Tri-County Health Department announced that plague-carrying fleas had begun spreading through prairie dog colonies in Commerce City. Yeah, so it's legit. Hasselhoff had to cancel his concert because of scurvy. No. All you need is some vitamin C and you're okay. I I know. Well, the, the, the concerts are still on. Yeah, just the bubonic plague is a. Uh, Please be aware of the bubonic plague. It has shut down the camping thing. So if you were planning on going, don't take a tent. Hey man, just be aware that there's the bubonic plague out there. So be careful if you're licking a groundhog. Yeah, it's your own trip though. Man. Yeah, yeah. You make the call. Yeah. All right, and there you go. That's your music news. All right, let's take a break. Come back in a second. Letter today, Word of the Week prize. My God, it's already quarter to 11. The hell? Jackie will be in here shortly. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Uh, in the meantime, I should thank our guests for being on the program. Jenny Garth from Beverly Hills 90210 talking about her show on tonight, 9 o'clock, Fox. I think we became best friends. I think you guys are very, very close now. And congratulations on that. Uh, but uh, no, she'll be back in the area in November um, in Atlantic City, her and Tori Spelling. So yeah, you're right, Kathy. we got to find a way yeah, to get them by here. Totally. That'd be really, really cool. Uh, and... Chris Barrett, yeah, from the Spin Doctors, was in our studio. What a great conversation! I love uh, talking to spe- to people, especially when they want to tell you, when they want to answer your questions and give you really cool stories about uh, the music career, whatever it may be. And, I mean, uh, imagine your your the career was humming. I wonder why the career came to a, a screeching halt, and at that point, he lost his voice. Yeah, that was part and of that. Uh, you know that that'll take the wind out of your sails. It will. Uh, but he will be back in town on September 22nd to perform at the Sellersville Theater with the Spin Doctors. And uh, Jeffrey Gaines is going to be performing there, too. It's going to be a good show. It should be. And he says, buy the ticket, sell it out. It'll freak his bandmates. <laughs> he just wants to He wants to hoard that over them, that he helped push the ticket sales over the top. So, uh, But he was super nice. It was uh, good to have him by here. And actually, he's doing something for our company later on today. Uh, we're having these. Uh, our, our company is Beasley. Uh, and BC's best. They're doing these awards uh, and and a whole company wide thing. So there's a lot of people in from out of town, uh, from other Beasley radio stations. And Steve and I are actually hosting the uh, the award show. Yeah. Uh, so they they've obviously made a critical error, but we're going to follow through on it and do yeah. it anyway. We'll mess it up. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> that's what we do. We do a radio show. Damn it, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, that's what we. When you're talking quality, uh-huh. that's where we excel. Uh, so nonetheless, uh, thank you to Chris Barron. All right, we should do the letter day. I guess you're going to do it. I don't see Jack anywhere. Case uh, he's here. Okay. I saw him. I just got yelled at by there him. There he is. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You should come in here. Here. Oh, we have his uh, <laughs> his theme song. Jackie Bam Bam. Jackie Jackie Bam Bam. Jackie Bam Bam. Jackie Jackie Bam Bam. 
Hi, Jackie Bam Bam. Good morning, gang. How you doing? Great show, man. Hey, thank you. I was uh, on my phone talking to my old band members, Chris Barron, Spin Doctors. Uh, of course, before I was a DJ, I lived up in New York City. We played with the Spin Doctors, and my boy was calling me going... We uh, opened for them at the Marquee Club up in New York City, and we played uh, Studio One in North Jersey. Press, you're a drummer. I was uh, tight with their drum. Well, I wouldn't say tight. We did two shows. Yeah. And, you know, if you've ever opened for a national act, and we were just getting off tour with Cheap Trick and the Black Crows, and we played the legendary Marquee with the Spin Doctors. Now, he was talking about Poison. It was the end of an era. You know, we were looking like L.A. Guns, and they were coming up, and yeah. uh, they were on top of the world, like you said. Yeah. He had a lot of money in his bank account, and uh, my bass player now runs that Monsters of Rock cruise. Oh, really? With uh, all them 80s bands, but that's what he does now. But he was calling me, and he's like, yeah, we toured with them. Don't you remember? I'm like, with, oh, my God, yeah. Good memories? Oh, yeah, they were very, very cool. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, when you open for a national act, you want to be treated nice and gave me, you know, Preston, you're a drummer. You need that space up there, and they yeah. gave me a lot of room. It well, wasn't good. like CB. GBs. I couldn't move my right arm with the ride symbol, <laughs> yeah. like banging against the wall. But uh, the the drummer was very, very cool. Did you used to play in CBGBs? We played CBGBs, yeah. Wow. As a matter of fact, Joey Ramone with uh, Tony Visconti's son, Morgan, uh, introduced us. Uh, did a battle of the bands? I, got, I, I played CBs a couple times up wow. there. Wow. Yeah, when we lived up there. It was really your cool. band versus the Gibbons kids, right? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, it was so great hearing the, uh, you know, the meaning behind the songs there. He was yeah. great today. Yeah, yeah, it was super cool. Yeah. Hey, what are you wearing tonight at the uh, Beasley Awards? Oh, I heard about that. <laughs> Let's just get through Pierre's program first. Okay, and then uh, you'll figure it out. You know, I went, that was my main question. Like, do I wear a tuxedo? What am I wearing? Wear, Casey, yes? We're wearing a wear, suit. Yeah, right. wear an appropriate Jackie Bam Bam outfit. I, they were should. expecting yeah. you to wear a mummer's outfit. That's what I had heard. Uh, That's uh, what, what all the Beasleys wanted. You, you know, there's been a lot of suits walking around these hollowed halls, and I think I scare them a little bit. I was like... Don't wear pants where your junk is really, really hanging. Yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah, but uh, all right, well, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Well, I'm surprised to see tonight. Yeah. All right, let's do the letter of the day. Here we go. Justin and Steve on ninety-three-three WMMR. Now the daily letter and the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter the letter P as in pulsation. Pulsation. Nightclub. Yeah. And we have a pair of three-day VIP passes for Keystone Comic Con Geek Out <laughs> at Keystone Comic Con August 23rd through the 25th. And it's at the Pennsylvania Convention Center. And on the 25th, see Tom Holland, star of Spider-Man Far From Home. Keystone Comic Con is so much more than the Comic Con. It's an exciting weekend for the whole family. You can get tickets at Keystone Con. 2019.com slash tickets. Uh, so what are you doing on the show today, dude? Uh, workforce Blocks today will include the only band that matters, the great Clash. Uh, Joe Schrummer would be celebrating a birthday today. We have concert warm-ups. Uh, our birthday girl, Little Marissa, I guess she's going to be celebrating her birthday tonight at the T-Pavilion. Uh, she's going to give us reports from KG Elephant, Beck, Spoon. We'll talk about that. And uh, the hottest band in the land, Kiss. <laughs> up at uh, Hershey tonight, so we'll include them. We do have free tickets to Collective Soul, playing Parks Excite Center. Myself and the man Pierre Robert will be out to host that show. Uh, I think that's where you guys host your uh, Christmas Miracle? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right there yes. Parks, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. Uh, Santana Doobie Brothers tickets for this Saturday night, and we're going to remember, uh, speaking of pulsations, Springfield PA's own Robert Romato. You're probably saying, who's that, Jackie? Better known as the late great Robert Hazard and the Heroes. Oh. He would be 71 today. Okay. And uh, 
course, girls just want to have fun. Cindy Lauper wrote that one. His daughter, Karina, will be listening. So uh, before we wrap things up, we'll uh, pay homage to Robert Hazard today. Cool. Excellent. All right. Good to see you, Jackie. Thank you very much. And I want to thank our sponsors, Preston and Steve Show, brought to you by Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show. And the President Steve Show. Why is it doing that? Okay, Because I'm an a-hole. No, it's okay. President Steve, <laughs> President Steve Ronald Duncan. Uh, also brought to you by Winter Airport Parking. Fastest way in and out of Philly International. And uh, Planet Fitness. Get the Planet Fitness black card. And you can bring a workout buddy with you every single visit. Tomorrow, newly announced Dancing with the Stars, Kate Flannery yeah. will be joining us. So we'll talk to our friend Kate. And also comedian Ian Edwards will be in the studio. So that's it. We're done. Ray John, have a great day. Happy birthday, Marissa. Yay! See you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you. Hate you. Live. Why can't Friday just show up? I'm tired. And I just want this work week to be over. Next message. Oh, I'm about to stick my face in a two-day-old container of cantaloupe. I love that smell. Don't you, Kathy? Next message. Yeah, I love Preston and Steve early in the morning, waking up at 6 o'clock and feeling exactly what they're saying. Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.